The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Are you sure? Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Friday, we are rolling. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. Oh, we, we got a holiday weekend, guys. We got Labor Day on w- Monday. Were you, about, were you about to say Memorial Day? I was wishing. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I, I was wishing that we had the whole summer in front of us, but I'm also, no, that would be a long way off from football. So it's all good. It's all good. What's happening, guys? Man, Guys, it's, this it's this Friday. it started. It started, man. Football, college football, NFL football. We're rocking and rolling now. We had a couple great ones last night, man. Wow. Between the uh, the backyard brawl with Pitt and West Virginia, and then Penn State and Purdue came down to it was an absolute nail biter, man. We yeah, yeah. it was kicked off pretty in pretty good fashion last night, man. I, I watched the uh, West Virginia Pitt game. You know, Pitt uh, ranks seventeenth in the country. Now, I, I I lived in Pittsburgh for ten years. I worked for NBC there, and I covered that Pitt West Virginia back bra- backyard brawl many times. And it was a given; they're going to play every year. I didn't know until last night. It's been eleven years since these two have seen each other. Yeah, I mean they're only an hour and a half apart. It's just a given that I just thought they were always on each other's schedule. But what a way! For these two to open a season, it's a shame somebody had to lose. Yeah, did you guys see the end of that game or no? Oh no, yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I yeah. just stayed strictly on Penn State. They kept me. Um, they kept me focused. I'm like, this can't be the same Penn State everybody's talking about. The head coach is just a, such a, a a great um evaluator of talent, getting guys there, recruiting and all that. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it this time. You know, I didn't see what I thought I was going to see. You know, they're going to be. It's going to be tough for them in the in the Big Ten. Well, I I tell you, they uh, I thought more than anything else, Purdue blew the game rather than Penn State. And now, now I give Penn State credit. That last drive was was awesome, and I give Clifford credit because he was pretty banged up and he hung in there and he made some plays on that last drive for sure. I mean, I'm not taking anything away, but I think he's just an okay quarterback in general. Um, What really stood as far as talent goes, Joey Porter Jr.'s a first round pick. That's my dude, man. I can remember he was a young young boy. Yeah, I mean, he was young. He was barely, you know, he was barely running around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His son is that. That's crazy. 
He's long. He's tall. He can cover. He had one pass interference penalty last night, but he played great. I thought. Yeah, he did. Yes, he um, did. That that West Virginia game, it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it was like a storybook finish because West Virginia's tying for the drive, uh, the tying touch touchdown, and the quarterback throws a pass. The receiver loops around the DB on him and dives at the goal line, so and close. you're thinking, what an incredible catch. Yep. But instant replay doesn't lie, man. You see the ball yeah. skip across across the ground a little bit. It's like a storybook ending, man. It was great, great game between those two teams. It was. You, Derek, that's the thing. The, the, the worst part, one of the worst things about college football now is the, the way that the, everything, there's no geographical sense anymore. No, it used to be no. whatever conference you're in, it made a lot of sense because you yep. were close to each other, you played each other. There's never a situation where that game shouldn't be played every single year. Between, I mean, you're talking about 70 miles separating exactly. those two traditional, you know, exactly. big time traditional schools. Absolutely, hundred percent. Two, kids, two great college atmospheres too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the kids love that type of um, yes. backyard brawl. I mean, the roster's almost half and half. You know yeah. exactly. You know, so I mean, it's it. I I broadcast a, um, a game two years ago. No, it was last year. It was last year, and um, it was funny how I. I I looked at their roster and it was half, you know, Pittsburgh. I'm like, you know, yeah. I, I flew into Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to drive down there. And I'll tell you what, you know, no speeding down there. You can believe that. You get mm. Once you pass that West Virginia into West Virginia, <laughs> no speeding. I'm yeah. going to speed limit. I'm yes. driving Miss Daisy. I'm looking straight <laughs> ahead. I'm not looking sideways. I'm, I'm staying Right on track when yeah, I get this is good old boys down there, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right, man. We, right. We're talking yes. musk, muskets, oh, yeah. beaver, <laughs> beaver skin coats. Be on your best behavior. They man. are mountaineers there. Oh, yes, yeah. they are. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was great. It reminds you how much you love college football when you're right, watching. Right, this right, stuff, right, right. How, how fun it can be. And we got some. I tell you, we got some killers this weekend, man. We we do. Uh, you know, I mean, Ohio State Notre Dame Saturday night is the, oh, kind of the goodness. showcase. But Barry, you got a good one on your hands yourself, man. Yeah, y'all got B- uh, BYU at South Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be in Raymond James. They don't have their stadium yet. In fact, they just yeah. they just broke ground on a new stadium down there that will be open in two thousand twenty six, I think. Two thousand. Oh, okay, that that long. So okay. they always play in Raymond James. Not not a bad uh, place to play, man. Right, right. So, but they 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 seem like. They're starting to turn the corner. You know, they had a bad season last year. I think they only won two or three games last year. And they're starting to turn the corner. BYU saw BYU did. They're competing. Um, next year, they'll be in the Big 12. Uh, this is their last, you know. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Being an independent. So they want to go out and they want to go out on a bang. They want to go out short. They deserve to be in the Big 12. So mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see how they go up about, you know, work. They got a really good running back last year. He's gone now. Quarterback is really good. So um, they want to pick up. I mean, it's it's almost unfair sometimes, you know that uh, when you when you when you play Notre, um, when you play West Virginia, like their offensive line, all of them look the same, like six 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 seven, three twenty. Um, all married and got kids, you know what I mean? Oh, BYU, more mature, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. they're like you know twenty six years old. Yeah, playing against these younger kids, you know, and sometimes you know it. it I can see it looked like it being an unfair advantage because your body's able to mature. But rest assured, when they leave and go on their missions, there's no sports that they're doing. They're not doing anything sports related. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, in a sense, they're not getting an, uh, uh, an advantage because they're not allowed to do stuff, you know, athletically. Right. But, you know, 
it, it's still, you know, body's a little, still a little mature. It's a little more yeah. hardened than it would definitely be when you're, you know, 17 years old, 18 years old, bright eyed, bushy, going yeah. and playing against grown men. Big difference. That's for sure. You, What's you, up everybody you, in the you, chat section. We see you. hope you're doing well out there. Everybody listening, everybody streaming. Thank you as well. Big show today, guys. Seth Joyner, 1230. Seth Joyner, uh, now of our post-game show here at Jacob with Derek, with Mike Missanelli, with Devin Caney. Seth at 1230. 1 o'clock, Paul Domowicz. Paul's got a great piece on jacobsports.com on Dallas Goddard. I'm going to say the forgotten, man. That's probably a little bit too strong, but we, we're so hyper-focused on A.J. Brown and Devontae yeah. and you know, everything else. He, he is sort of a, you know, like, third fourth option that you think of but nonetheless a top five tight end in, in the nfl this, this guy can eat this year he would be he will be the quarterback's best friend you always know tight ends tight ends are, are you know tied to the hip when it comes to a quarterback you look all the great quarterbacks have great tight ends i mean rogers might be the exception but i mean you look i mean you had brett Favre, you had chewy you know mark jamor uh you know steve young you know he had um What's his name? Um, uh, oh, Steve Young Brent, had Brent Jones. Brent Jones, yeah, Brent yeah. Jones. Um, it, it, that's, they usually go hand in hand. Tom Brady had two of them actually before one, you know, flew over cuckoo's nest. Yeah, he had Brock and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's it's um it's usually a quarterback's best, especially early in their career, a quarterback's best friend because he's the guy that's going to get the ball out early. He's the guy usually right in front of you in the middle of the field. You can see him there. He's a bigger target. Yeah. Uh, gives you a more forgiving target because he is so big. And plus, he's a matchup nightmare because he's bigger than safeties, but he's faster than linebackers. Mm-hmm. So it's usually a, a, a better matchup when you go to a tight end as opposed to going out to the receivers. Well, the other thing with Goddard is he's such a good all-around player. He can block, yes. too. He's not just a pa- – a lot of guys now are just strictly receivers in, in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, he can give you both. He's a complete football player. So. When when you when you let a Zach Ertz go, that tells you that the t- baton has truly been passed, and they they have the utmost confidence in a Dallas Goddard uh, to be your lead tight end. And I will go so far as to say I think Goddard is much tougher than Ertz was after the catch. Ah da da, you know, yak yardage. Yeah, that yak mm-hmm. yardage is huge, especially for tight ends. We, it's, it's a given for receivers, but even it's even bigger for tight ends. And Goddard is—he's not at the George Kittle level, but he's not that far behind him. I mean, he is a physical tight end, uh, athletic, great hands. Has improved tremendously in his bo- blocking aspect of his game. Um, and, and, and once you t- once you let go of a Zach Ertz and turn the reins over to a Dallas Goddard, that's when you know Goddard has arrived. You know, it, it plain and simple. That's when he has arrived because most teams would kill to have a dual tight end situation like an Earth yes, exactly. and a Goddard. You look at you look at New England right now with Hunter Henry and John U. Smith. I mean, t- a great tight end combination. You go back to the, to the days when they had a young Gronkowski with Hernandez. You know, Hernandez was more like a receiver more so than a tight end. Yep. Right? Um, very few teams have that luxury of having two equally talented tight ends, but obviously the Eagles felt they couldn't pay both, right. you know, and they, they did, did, you know, urge a favor by, by sending to him, him to a place like Arizona to finish out his career. But, you know, I, I love the maturation of Dallas Goddard right now. And yeah. you know, he kind of, um, 
he kind of was holding back Dallas Goddard in, in so many ways yeah, because yeah. they ran a lot of 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end. And because of they run a lot of it, you know, Dallas Goddard's talent was virtually being unused because of it. Yeah. Um, once he left, you know, if you they say if you double up the yards, you know, even, you know, a little less than the double, he'd been right around a thousand yards um, of, 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 of receiving yardage. What makes him, to me, better than Ertz is his ability to block mm-hmm. they, and his ability to get yak yards. You know, once, you, once, once Ertz caught the ball, he was hit, he was going yep. down. Yep. There wasn't a yak yard. He was going straight down. But he was – his Caught a lot of balls, running, though. Yeah, his route running and way his ability to catch the rock, man. He, yeah. You know, I'd I take it. You know what I mean? I'd no, take just, it. He'd be arguably the biggest touchdown in Eagles history uh, for Zach Ertz. Not, not exactly. a bad – not a bad little label. All right, so the big news uh, coming out of the e- – two things out of yesterday, but let's start with the bigger news. Uh, Andre Dillard uh, has a, a fracture, a displaced fracture in his forearm. Now, the, the good news is uh, it doesn't appear he's going to need surgery. Uh, the, the, the bone is still aligned with the arm, which I would assume just means cast it, you know, let it, let it mend, and, and, you know, good to go. They don't expect it to be a real long-term thing, uh, certainly not the season or anything like that. But, uh, you know, that's a that's a blow to your depth, you know, for sure. And I was glad they kept him around simply because this kind of stuff happens, man. I, I didn't think it'd be happening to him in a, in a practice, but it happens. And, you know, you're down a guy now who is a quality someone you could you know, plug in at that left spot. If something happens to my that's for sure. It's, it's not not good news, but I guess it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 tough, man. You know, um He's quality backup, but we don't need him right now. That's the good thing. We don't need him right now. In fact, I hope he doesn't get on the field because that right. means one of our tackles is hurt. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that he, uh, you know, he's, he's a backup right now and we didn't need him. But I mean, I hate that he's, he's, he's injured himself, you know, especially, you know, the way he played, you know, the last two games. I thought he played pretty well the last two games. You know, I, I hate to say this, but it was only a matter of time before somebody got injured on the Eagles, when you consider the wow factor of injuries that have happened across the league throughout training camp and preseason this summer, and we are sitting here applauding the Eagles for being relatively healthy going in, and they still are going into that first game, but it was bound to happen sooner or later um, that somebody in this team was going to get injured. And luckily, I hate, I hate to say luckily because I yeah, don't want to yeah. see anybody injured. Right. Um, Honestly, we understand um, what you're saying, yeah. You know what I mean, but 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 luckily it wasn't a starter, so, uh, you know, and and the good thing is, like you said, Rob, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be season ending. Yeah, and I look, a Barrett's right. You'd rather it be now if it's going right. to happen. You'd rather have right. it early. Right. Um, I, I think too, all things considered, when you look at other teams and teams near them, like the Giants and some others who have been killed by injuries. You know, it hasn't been that bad. And part right. of that is by design. The Eagles are, are clearly make that a priority, you know, to have guys not get hurt. So that from that standpoint, it's worked, you know, for the most part. So anyway, it, it, that's the uh, that's one part of the news. They signed a running back, Trey Sermon, who uh, started his career at Oklahoma. He actually played with Hertz when, when those guys were there together. Then he finished up. That's what I know. Of. Yeah, he finished. That's what up I remember. The, he had a grad year at Ohio State two years ago, which was his last year. He was with the 49ers last, uh, last season. He was a third-round pick. 
yeah. they cut him after one year, which isn't a great sign. But you, if you wanted some size, you got some size. He's not the fastest guy in the world, a four six forty, but he's on the bigger end of this thing. Uh, played nine games last year. He started to the numbers aren't not a lot of attempts. Forty one rushes, one hundred sixty seven yards. Nonetheless, I, I, you know he was a, he was a decent college player who caught your eye. I, I don't know how this is going to translate, but it's a I, I, it's not a bad move as far as I'm concerned. I remember him at um, Oklahoma. You know, he was number four at Oklahoma. And I remember him being a dynamic player. I mean, he was running over people. Uh, he wasn't running past anybody, but he had enough speed that people couldn't catch him when he did break free. Uh, he had really good hands coming out the backfield, little swing passes and stuff like that. But, I mean, I thought he was a very serviceable player. I thought he was pretty good. Um, does he fit in here? I mean, you can always you can always want a big back. And I think that'll be his purpose here. But will he get a, the amount of carries? You know, I, I, if you look at it, I think he was more of a disgruntled employee. Yeah. While it's the 49ers. And that's why, you know, they let him go. I, mean, I guess he voiced his opinion a little too much. And they let him go because of it. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to be activated, frankly. Right, 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 you know? right. Well, if he is, the question is, who is he taking touches away from? Right. That's a right. big question. If yeah, I, I mean, do you system, want him taking touches from Boston Scott or Gainwell or Panthers? I, I, I don't. I'm telling you. Well, you don't know. If he's productive, you know, give the ball. But then who suffers in the wake of that? I mean, yeah. whoever whoever has a hot hand, that's who you give the ball to. Right. And, you know, Miles Sanders is going to be the horse. Um, not, you know, we we're not we don't have that bell cow back. It'll be running back by committee. But uh, Miles Sanders will be that. He will have the most carries, but – Week to week, yeah, yeah, but I, I like Boston Scott, man. I like, I, do I too. like, I do too. Gets, I'm a big fan of Boston yeah, Scott. Yeah, he gets lost in between those big tackles and defensive tackles, and next thing you know, bow, he's up on you so quick that next thing you know, he's got 10 yards. You know, yeah. I like his game, yeah. man. Well, I think, the, I, like I think the misperception with him, Barrett, is like, oh, he's a little guy, you, you can't do anything right. between the tackles. He's right. pretty darn tough between the tackles, man. He's I'm not saying dude. you would have pound him in there yeah. 30 times a game, but yeah. I'm just saying. It's not like you have to limit him and you can only get him in space. He can do stuff between the tackles. He's he's strong, and you're right. He does get lost, man. That's real. He's he's a thick dude, too. You see how thick he is, man? Yeah, he's a big dude. He's, he's like, not his, a small guy. Yeah. Very small. His, his low center of gravity yep, gives yep. him a distinct advantage because when a bigger man tries to go down, the bigger man can't get down as low as he is, and that's why he bounces off a lot of tackles, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he does very seldom do you see him go down on the first hit. Very seldom do you yeah. see him go down. His legs, his little bowling ball, bowling pin <laughs> legs, man, just keep churning, man. Um, I, I love everything that you know. First and foremost, I love the fact that he dispels dispels the myth that the little man cannot survive in the NFL, yeah. right? <laughs> you know. And secondly, he's productive. Mm-hmm. You know, very productive. Whenever he gets his chance, you know, when he got his chance when Miles went down last year, man, that running game didn't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think I don't think it'll be the case. It's a shame that he has to play understudy to Miles Sanders in a lot of ways. But you know, Miles, like Barrett said, Miles is their bell cow. You know, for whatever that is for a Miles Sanders, a bell cow in Nick Sirianni's offense is fifteen carries, not twenty five, yeah. not twenty eight <laughs> carries. It's fifteen <laughs> carries if you're lucky. Well, and it could be less this year. Uh, oh, I, they're, oh not gonna, yes. they're not going to run at the rate they ran it last year, uh, you know, unless there's re- some real issues, unless Jalen's really struggling or guys are hurt or whatever. You're not going to see them run as much as they ran last year. That's for sure. No. So, 
look, they will get their opportunities. It was weird last year. They went away from Boston Scott for a while and then, uh, and then they went back to him and he, you know, it wasn't like he played poorly when they went away. I don't know. I didn't, that one was kind of puzzling to me um, the, the way that played out, but Look, I think he game right, well. Right. All these guys are good compliments to each other. Game well is really yep. good out of the backfield. I saw Chris ask on on the in the chat the sermon uh, return kicks and punts. He doesn't, so we still don't know right now how that's going to shake out in terms of he punts. returns I, punts. Also, no, does not, does not. Oh, he kicks not. though. No, no, neither one. I don't think so. I don't think so he returns kicks. The for, well, I think I, it's it's feeling more and more like. Um, you know, it, it's going to be Watkins definitely with kicks, maybe punts too. You know, usually unless, unless they just bring up Cubby from the practice squad. But here, here, uh, going back to Boston Scott for a minute, here's all you need to know about him being lost, as Rob alluded to. He didn't have a carry until October 24th against Vegas. Wow, October yeah, 24th. Now think about how many games that was. Yeah, and I'm he just... had seven carries for 24 yards that game. Right. But until then. He played a game the previous week against Dallas. He had no rushing attempts, and he had two receptions for five yards. That was it. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, he was, he was basically he was just there. Was it just a body? I mean, they weren't even utilizing him, man. I mean, well, I still other, get it. one thing to keep in mind during that stretch, Derek, they were throwing a lot more. That's before they figured out what their identity sure, was. Sure, sure. Right, and that's also coincided with them starting off two and five, or you know, the, the poor start. So. Like some of it was that some of it was just figuring like, you know what, man, this isn't who we are. We want to win. You want to get to the playoffs. You better be able to run the ball a little bit. And then they incorporated him a little bit more, but I don't think they'll make that same mistake this year. Right. You no. know, he'll, he'll get, he'll get touches this year, you know, and game. Well, will get his touches out of the backfield catching the ball. I, I, they'll, I think they'll stay true to those guys. I think yeah. so. I don't see game. Well, really being uh, um... too involved. Yeah. Too involved. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. I don't see third him. down even. No. No, I think they're going to use Miles, you know, on those type of downs, if anything. And they like Scott during those downs also. Right. Um, I mean, when they if they go in with a game plan, have him at slot or something like that, I see him using – have him then. But, I mean, in what situation do you see him coming in and, and being better than Miles in? Receiving it, you know, I mean – Miles he, doesn't catch the ball particularly well. Well, we can't say that now. I mean, he did last year, but now he caught the one pass, the one screenplay he got thrown to. Right now he's 100%, so – yeah, well, he's also not a great run blocker. Well, you know, um, yeah. Gainwell also had his his hiccups with um, yeah his moments fumbling the ball. Yeah, I hear you. So we'll I hear see. you. Look, it's going to be interesting. Let's uh, let's grab a, an early one here, uh, Xander. We're going to hit it a little bit early. We're going to have Seth Joyner join us. Seth now part of the Jacob Sports Channel uh, post game show. We can't wait to talk to Seth. One o'clock, Paul Domowich. We're going to be rolling with football, man. We are the the final weekend, again, without football until February. Woo friggin' who, man. I cannot <laughs> wait. It can't come. We're NFL football. There's been college football. But, we, yeah, we get, uh, we get it cranked up next weekend, and it gets real a week from Sunday. That's for sure. All right. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about finances. Let's talk Principal Financial Group and Jim Murray, the man that you should trust. I trust him. So should you. It took me a while to find the right person to to know who to invest with. Uh, And of course, you know how critical that is for your future, whether it's 401k, your, you know, IRA rollover, like I've dealt with, whatever the case may be, could be an insurance review. If you just started up a new company, it's another resource Jim can help you with. 
I promise you that he has steered me down the right road for sure with my stuff and, you know, leaving places, moving, rolling 401ks over into IRAs, you name it. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you can email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. an icon a philadelphia treasure he's a mentor a pace setter jim is my north star he's trusted revered appreciated he is action news he's compassionate honest and fair he is extremely dedicated motivated and always seeking the truth he's also funny we are a team of many jim gardner is our leader and we're lucky to have him At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Friday, Labor Day weekend. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you get a chance to just chill this weekend. But uh, a week from Sunday, it gets real. It gets very real. And you know who you will be able to catch as soon as that Eagles game ends. It will be D-Gun. It'll be Mike Missanelli. It'll be Devin Caney. And our next guest, the one and only, number 59. He's a, he's in mid-season form right now. I can tell by that look. Got the hoodie Jordan. on. 
What's up, Seth? Seth, Seth. What's happening, y'all? I like the little man dialed in right now. I could tell you were. How you been, bro? I'm good, man. Just busy. Just too busy. I got you know a thousand and one things going on. Just grinding away, trying to make it all happen, man. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Seth. So we haven't had a chance from a show perspective to talk to you in a while. Congrats. uh, Congrats. So just give me, uh, give me first off, yeah, congrats on the post game. We're, we are so thrilled to have you to be a part of the family, man. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch you have to keep Derek in place every post game show. It's a, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. Uh, the baton is now being passed to you now. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'm not. I, me, me and D Gunn will be good, man. It's that other guy that I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the fireworks between you and Mike should be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think poor Devin will catch some shrapnel uh, sometimes with, with, with that craziness. Yeah, Miss Anelli has already put it out there that he wants to put me between him and Seth. I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't agree to this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about this one. You know, I want to sit on the end and I want to sit back like this and go, oh, okay. Hey, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a new year. I'm turning over a new leaf, man. So no. it's all no, you're not. No, you're no, not. No, no, no. Stop lying. Same leaf. No, you like that leaf. Yes, uh, and the show will be each and every uh, every after you have Eagles games at Ocean Casino well, Resort. You guys don't understand. Exactly. The real show is the real show is when we used to sit up there and watch film. When we watch the game together inside the building. It's me and and Mike and and, and Seth and Ray, and we used to just go back and forth. And, you know, did, did you just see that? Yeah. And I can't believe they just did that. You know, so that's when you really get the tutorial on 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 what you see is when you watch the game next to them. Yeah, that's 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 the real goal. I'm 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 gold, I should say. Um, I, I can't wait to sit back and watch the game with D Gun and Mike, and um, you know I, I'm telling you, Joe might need to just stick a a camera and a mic in that room because that's really where the great content is. I mean, that's a yeah. show within a show. Uh-huh. You know, the problem is, you know. Some Michael of the animated. initiatives and some of the it's okay. It's okay in this used. venue, Seth. You can you can yeah, work you can blue, man. Yeah, you can use it on you can use it on on YouTube. You can't use it on six abc.com's platform. Good point. Yeah. Well, maybe the oh. in-game content is right here on Jacob. How about that? I don't know. Let, let me program all of this stuff. Yeah. So you gotta be a little bit more refined, is what you're saying. Um while we're watching the game, there is no refinement. <laughs> you know the, the, the gloves are off. I mean, if he wants, if he wants to put a, if he wants to put a camera in there, he do it at his own risk. You know, because you know the 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 football player in me, um, and the football coach in me begins to come out while I'm watching the game. You know, once we go into post game mode, um, you know, then I put my analyst hat on. Mm-hmm. And realize that you know there are FCC regulations that you need to abide by. <laughs> well, let's go for these regulations then. Um, what regulations do you think Gannon will have with this defense as they go forward? Will there be uh, 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 the keep everything corralled in front of you, Gannon, or are they going to be? I'm going to get up in your face. We're going to play because um, you, you're a firm believer. That you take on you take on the qualities of the coach that's mm-hmm. coaching you, like you said. Buddy always put you in a position where he wanted you to be hyper-aggressive. So you were hyper-aggressive because he was hyper-aggressive. Right. What do you see from Gannon this year? I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, um, I, I've never seen a leopard with spots change. I've never seen, you know, a tiger with stripes be able to change. You are who you are. 
like Denny Green says, you know, you are, you know, who we thought you were to a certain extent. And that's the thing that worries me because the excuse, the excuse last year or the, not even the excuse, the mode of operation was, you know, last year they didn't have enough talent at certain positions to be as aggressive as they need to be, you know, in third and three situations, you know, you can talk situational football all you want. But when you line up seven yards off the football, you're basically telling the other team you can have this first down because most teams are going to run, you know, quick stop route. They're going to run a five yard out route. And that's like, you know, playing catch in the in the yard with my son. That's easy. Um, But I don't know that it's in Gannon's DNA, you know, to be hyper aggressive. You know, I begin I've begun to kind of look at, you know, his defense and look at how he likes to play. Um, and there's this new five-man trend in the NFL, you know, where, you know, you, you got a four-man look or five-man look with your three interior, but you're really playing a four-man look. And you can kind of mix it up and move it how you want to make it, you know, however you want to do with it. Um, but I just don't think that, you know, football today, I think there's so much fear within the minds and the hearts of defensive coordinators now getting beat deep and the big play over the top. There's so much fear that, you know, they just don't play aggressive football anymore. Um, and, and and certainly, certainly with the moves, you know, we can talk about Howard Roseman all you want, man, but you, you know, you, you got to get that man his props. That's right. You know, based upon what he's done this off season via the draft, via free agency, and via the trade market, this guy has improved this roster exponentially. And he's improved the defense in a way where you can basically run whatever you want to run. You don't have to rely on the front four, the front five to get pressure all the time. You've got enough. We finally got a linebacker core. Oh, say, it, say it again. We finally, <laughs> you're we, shocked, we, right? <laughs> we, we finally, we, listen, we got some linebackers. And, you know, my, pre, my preseason pick, it's for Kazir White to make the Pro Bowl this year. I oh. see it. I see oh. that. Absolutely. Hey, Seth, I, I've, I've said with the personnel they have, there's no excuse for, for Gannon not turning the dogs loose on this defense. Mm-hmm. This defense finished 31st in the league in quarterback sacks. Yep. They, fin- they finished at the bottom in quarterback pressures, quarterback hurries. There's no excuse with the rotation of, of talents they have this year. And I'm giving them a grace period. You know, a lot of people saying top five, top seven. There is no excuse for them not finishing in the top 15 in those categories. I'm going to give them that much of a grace period. 15 is you should be able to do in your sleep with the people they have on their front seven this year. D, I'm going to go a step further. You know, tell me where they ranked in third down conversions last year. Tell yeah. me where they ranked, you know, in turnovers last year, interceptions, yeah. cause fumble, recovered fumbles. See, all of those metrics are, you know, believe it or not, in my opinion, those metrics are a result of, you know, of pressure. Mm-hmm. Where there's no pressure, you can't force an issue. You can't force a turnover. You can't force a quarterback into a bad throw that results in an interception. Right. You can't force it without there being pressure. So when your style is bend but don't break, then all of those metrics suffer. You know, you're, you're, you know, Teams can go max protect, and if you're only rushing four against max protection, trust me, you're just not going. You're not going to get there, you know. Um, so if you don't bring the pressure, then you don't force the action. If you don't force the action, 
sacks, pressures, interceptions, third down conversions, most importantly, because every time you don't convert, you know, every time you don't get them off the field on third down, you give them three more to four more downs at you. Um, all of those things suffer under the guise of not being an aggressive style mm-hmm. defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Seth, you, you saw it out there, you know, during your time in Ar- out in Arizona when he was out there. Hassan Reddick, his first couple of years, they couldn't quite figure out exactly what to do with him. They figured it out the last year. Ironically, he leaves, he goes to Carolina, and they did a good job with him as well. Are you worried? Does that worry you that he's not going to be utilized properly by Gannon and to, to his max? The the worry is not that he's not going to be be used properly. You know, all you got to do is look at what they really want to be. If you look at last year when they had Jannard Avery and um, and Ryan Kerrigan on the field, you know, they wanted to be a five man look. You know, with the ability to morph and drop one of those guys off. But neither one of those guys were very proficient at being able to drop in coverage and being a factor, you know, in how you want to mix up your five-man look. Hassan Reddick gives them that ability because, you know, mm-hmm. even though the Arizona Cardinals, you know, screwed up trying to figure out how to use him, in the midst of that, they developed some linebacking skills that allows him to drop, to be in coverage, to do – to do all the things that those aforementioned guys could not do last year in the five-man look. Um, so the biggest question is how are you going to use them? Because when you don't go five-man, how many snaps do you think you can really get out of Hassan Reddick on first mm-hmm. and second down with him playing at, you know, six foot two, 235 to 250 pounds, you know, um, going against a 330-pound you know, right or left tackle. How many downs do you think you're going to get out of him with before, you know, he actually breaks down? Or is he going to be a pass rush specialist that comes in on third down in obvious passing situations in your four-man look and he puts his hand down, and he, you know, and he goes to work? Um, if that's the case, then you, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, you have to question a little bit the signing because, you know, you gave him a boatload of money, you know, to be a pass rush specialist. Mm. Well, let me ask. I'm gonna say this then. How great was it? Or you, you might not say it was great, but to get a guy like Davis to be that head up nose, you know, like when you guys ran the 46, we call mm-hmm. it the bare front 46, uh, uh, Navajo, whatever you want to call it. When you have the center covered and both guards covered, how big of a signing or how big of a draft pick is putting him right there and not allowing him now, not allowing those those guards and everything to get up on those linebackers. Well, it's, it's big. It's big, and two for two reasons. It's big because um, against the run, there was especially in the first half of the season, the Eagles' defense wasn't really that good. You know, yeah, you they, they had the worst first down production out of any team in the NFL. Yeah. So, so if you give, I mean, you if if you're gonna give a five man look on first and second down, um, then you pretty much can dominate you know, the line of scrimmage, especially, um, you know, if they're in 12 personnel or or um, 21 personnel, you're in a situation where, you, you know, you got two linebackers on the field and five down, you know, four da- five down linemen. Well, you can dominate that. You know, that that's easy. Um, you know, my biggest question mark for Jordan Davis is going to be, and, 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 and the other thing is, listen, you, you drafted Jordan Davis for the future. That's right. Know? Fletcher Cox potentially could be, you know, on his last hurrah here in Philadelphia with the drafting of Jordan Davis. Um, 
if he decides to come back and take, you know, a discount, a discount next year, that that would be a plus for the Eagles because you just got more depth. But, you know, that move was made because Howie understands that as far as your defensive line, if you're going to be a defensive offensive line oriented team, you better always be drafting some defensive, some defensive tackles, um, some offensive linemen, you know, to replenish and replace and for depth. Now, I say all that, you know, my biggest concern with Jordan Davis is, is, is going to be his weight because it's one thing to be able to, you know, be on that center and control, you know, both a gaps. It's another thing in a pass situation where, you know, quarterback drops back and those two a gaps are the only place you ever move from, you know? So in my opinion, when you do and maneuver the way that you maneuver to move up and get him to jump in front of, you know, um, the Ravens, because you know that they, you knew that they coveted him. Um, he has to be more than just a run stopper, you know, at, number, at, at the 12th overall pick, I believe it was. He's got to be more than that. And in order for him to be more than that, A, he's got to be coached on how to, how to rush the passer and how to anticipate, you know, what's going on, whether it's run or pass. And then, you know, my greatest concern, Barrett, you know, is his weight. You know, he's in the city of um, cheesesteak, you know, baby. Cheesesteaks <laughs> cheese, cheese and tasty cakes. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it'd be real easy for, you know, the Eagles to, you know, say, well, goodness, he played last year 255 in the national championship game. You know, um, you know, then he got down to, well, three, 355, I should right. say. He got down to 340 and went to the combine, just tore it up, ran a 478, you know, which really excited everybody. Um, but it'd be real easy for the Eagles to be like, well, he's our number one draft pick and we're not going to really stress him so much about his weight. But, you know, listen, if I was a D-line coach, you know, if I had a say on it, you know, I'd get his big ass down to about 320. You know, I buy him a jump rope and a man lap. at, th- at three hundred and twenty. He might be anorexic, man. No, he won't. No, he won't. Listen, <laughs> he, he's look, he, he he's got a lot of baby in him, man. When you look yeah. at him, he's a young dude, and he got he's a mama's boy. I'm pretty sure he likes sweet potato pies and you know all that kind of stuff. But you know, you're not playing football for fun no more. You're playing football. This is a business, you know, and your window of opportunity to be great and to win is a lot smaller than you think. 13 years went by a hell of a lot faster than I could have ever imagined. You know, so you don't want to look back and have regrets about what you could have done, especially when it comes to conditioning and being able to, you know, be disciplined about your body because your body is what is how you is how you do what you do, you know? So get on down, get muscular. You know, you, he's already as strong as the ox. He's already, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know? 320 is, more than, 320 is more than enough for him to dominate. But if he can be a factor in the, in the, in, as far as the pass rush is concerned, you know, now the Eagles are they, they sitting in tall cotton, man, because, you know, I, I think they thought that he could be a good pass rusher, but he's yet to prove that he could be. And maybe that's a, a maybe that's a, a, a product of being in the type of defense that he played in last year. Maybe not, you know, but I, I know, if he wants to be great, then that's the area he's going to have to improve on. And they're going to need him to do that, if not this year, even much more so next year, if Fletcher Cox isn't a part of the plan next year.
If Seth, I would do I, it, I I'd, have him, I'd have him go and watch how Bruce Smith did it. Bruce Smith, kind of the same story. Mm-hmm. Leaving Virginia Tech, he was like 50, 60 pounds over the weight that um, he thought he should have been. So all he did was get on a treadmill uh, for an hour a day and, and cut out a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And all of a sudden, bam, he became the Bruce Smith with the gold jacket on, man. So, Hey, Barrett, yeah. you know what the difference is? Back when I played, you know, when lunchtime rolled around, it came around with a sheet. You know, you want Wendy's, you want a cheesesteak, <laughs> you know, you want – now these guys have got supplements, a full-time chef on board, yep, you yep, know, yep. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, he, he don't need to get on a treadmill for an hour a day, you know. All he's got to do is, you know, understand that this is the sacrifice that I'm going to make for the next 10 to 12 years of my career that I'm going to eat right, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to change the way I eat, you know. Now, if I want to eat all that nonsense, you know, once a year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, Easter, you know, until I retire, then, you you know, you can you can give yourself those luxuries. But as a professional athlete that wants to be great, that wants to be a pro bowler, that wants to be paid the most, that wants to be a Hall of Famer, you got to start to make those sacrifices right now. You know, and those things need to happen right now. And he's got to have someone to hold his feet to the fire, you know, to make that happen. Hey, Seth, when it comes to, comes to Jordan Davis, I don't see him playing more than 30, 35 percent of the snaps this year. And that's a good thing when you got two high priced pro bowlers in front of you. But it can also be a bad thing because it's it's negating in some ways your your growth process a lot sooner instead of a lot, a lot later down the road? Well, I mean, a lot D will depend on, you know, how much five-man um, Jonathan Gannon really, yeah. really chooses to play, you know. Um, the sad part is none of these guys really play more than 50, 55% of the plays before they start to rotate them. It's right. just, you know, I, I have a problem with that because there's a big difference between the starter and my backup. Okay, if I'm paying you to be a starter, you can't be tapping your head talking about I'm tired and I need a break, you know, to bring in the guy that's making a fraction of what you're making, you know, especially in critical times of the game. But, you know, the data analytics and, you know, all the research says that, you know, these guys, when they get to a certain number of plays, you know, the, the, the probability of injury you know, goes up exponentially. So I think these organizations are, are planning different. And I think these guys train differently. Yep. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about, you know, weight gain and trying to, you know, and, 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 and ex-players. And I said, you know, one of the hardest things for me to do when I retired, you know, was to learn how to ratchet back my training because you're kind of bred to like train to exhaustion every single day. Like if I was running sprints, if I wasn't damn near puking by the time I was done, you know, then I didn't feel like I did enough. You know, when I lifted, you know, if I wasn't shaking when I was leaving the gym, I didn't feel like I did enough. Well, when you retire, you know, I'm just trying to maintain. I'm not trained to play anymore. So, but you have to change that mentality. And and that's, that's the hard thing. But with these guys today, I don't think they train to that level anymore. They is so in their mind and it's so ingrained into them recovery, recovery, recovery. Yeah, you got to recover, but you also got to stress your body to get your body to a point, you know, where you can play and you're not gasping after three plays. That you know, you, you have the 
the kind of conditioning where you can play through a 15-play drive. Certain players, are, it's required. Other players, you know, it's okay, you know, that, that they get away with only playing five of those 15 plays. You know, to me, that's unconscionable because, for me, I got a limited amount of plays in my entire career, and I ain't giving none of them damn plays to my backup. <laughs> Seth, let me ask you about the secondary, man. Uh, they made some nice additions here. They bring in Bradbury from the Giants. They make the late move this week to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to add to the safety uh, core there. How good is that group in your estimation? Well, right now, it's just about them finding some continuity. The, the toughest thing when you bring different guys into the mix that haven't played together for a while, it's very evident that they all have talent. Um, Howie's done a fantastic job of rec recognizing that, hey, you know what? Um, we need some help on the back end. When Tyreek Hill ran by them two damn safeties on the first play, <laughs> the first thing that Howie said, oh, we got to go get us somebody who understands how to play safety. Kayvon Wallace still thinking at Clemson, looking in the backfield at the quarterback instead of looking at the fastest man on the planet. Um, but those, those moves are, were 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 great moves, you know, what he was able to pull off. Now the question is, you know, the biggest question when you have that many guys that you plug in in different positions um, that haven't played together, it's a communication thing. See, because when the Eagles secondary was was good, when they were making their run during the Super Bowl, Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod was still, you know, kind of in his prime. The one thing you could always you could always see, Malcolm was always talking to somebody. That's right. He was always having pre-snap conversations, which then made Rodney, you know, open up his mouth and start talking. Even if the corners get locked in or that that slot, you had you had a guy like Malcolm that would just, you know, start the conversation. If you don't talk about a pre-snap, by the time the ball snap is too late. That's why you always see these DBs, a guy get beat, one guy's looking at the other, the other guy's looking at him. Now, if you talk about the possibility of what might happen before snap, pre-snap, you know, then it's a reactionary thing. But if you guys ain't talking, if you're not communicating, you know, if if the coverage changes on the back end and I don't get it as a linebacker, we got a problem. We got a problem because there's so many different variables that can happen. You could be in zone. You could be in man. You can be a half zone, half man. You could be in a, in, a, in a zone blitz. There's so many different variables that go on that requires constant communication and all this motion and all this shifting that you're seeing is to create chaos, is to create – all they want to do is get one guy out of position. But if you're communicating, then everybody's on the same same page. Even if you're dead wrong, even if you're in the wrong coverage, it's much better to be on the same page and be on, in the wrong coverage than, you know, to have one guy playing one thing and half the defense playing something completely different. Hey, Seth, this, this team looks almost too good to be true on paper. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest concern about this team? Um, my biggest concern is the attention that they're getting, um, not only from us here in Philly, because the expectations are high. We look at, you know, what Howie has amassed, you know, um, the, the roster that they have, the talent upgrade that they have. Mm -hmm. and everyone's excited about it. That's just Philadelphia. It's natural. Hell, I'm excited about it. Um, but then when you turn on the, the, the national media, everyone's talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and how they could be the surprise of the NFC, not only the NFC East, but the NFC. You know, there are pundits out there that have the Eagles in the NFC Championship. 
there are people out there that already have the Eagles having wrapped up the NFC East division. The problem with that is, you know, when you got young guys that's not focused, you know, you it's, it's we've been down this dream team road before, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's the thing that worries me is these guys are listening to the outside noise instead of just putting their nose to the grindstone, getting their eyes on the ground, and just going about their work. Because even though they got the second easiest schedule in the in the NFL this year, if they think the teams are going to come in and lay down just because, you know, they've been getting all that hype, you know, they're absolutely wrong. They better show up with their asses ready to play, you know, every single Sunday, starting the first one. You know, I've heard some craziness, man. People are like, oh, you know, the greatest thing that could ever happen is for the Eagles to lose the first game. I'm like, why? Right. What? Yeah, but hold on. This is Philadelphia. And when you start talking about the media in Philadelphia, if the Eagles lost the first game, that's right. Do you not know that there would be a media firestorm in this city? That's right. And our jobs would be made a thousand times easier than if they came out and blew out the, the, the Lions, because what's the refrain going to be when they beat the Lions by 30 points? Oh, they just the Lions. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. But if they get beat, everybody's going to be like, well, man, this team ain't what we thought it was. Now, I'm, I'm not advocating that they lose, but I'm just telling you what some of the conversation is like mm-hmm. with, with media people who really want to capitalize, you know, right. on the emotions of the city, you know. My thing is they've gotten off to a slow start, damn near, every year since you can remember. Wouldn't it be nice for the Eagles to get off to a 3-0 and start, mm-hmm. just beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then just keep it rolling from there? Um, so you, that's, 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 that's my biggest concern is, you know, can they mm-hmm. remain focused in the, in the midst of everybody telling them how good they are? And then obviously, you know, you know Jalen. You know, I was just going to ask you about that, yeah. Jalen yeah, J- J- is – you listen, this, this is the year he has to prove that he can be the guy. You know, if and if you stop and you really think about what, what Howie has done, Howie has pretty much set the table for this organization for the next three to five years. Okay. Now, the guy that's either going to be serving is either going to be Jalen Hurts or it's going to be the next guy because they got two two ones next year and two twos in 24. And you can take those four picks and do whatever the hell you want to do next year in the draft if you think that there's a guy that you need to move up and get. But the table will already be set for that guy when he gets in. He'll just need to hurry up and grow up. Mm-hmm. With Jalen, <coughs> excuse me, with Jalen, I'm of the opinion he's going to have to throw the ball 30 to 35 times per game in order for them to make the determination whether he's the guy. You're not going to hear me. Barrett talking, oh, y'all need to run the ball. You ain't going to hear that out of me this year. (laughs) Now, do do they need to be balanced? Yes. But they need to find out whether this kid is the guy. Do I think he can be the guy? Absolutely. You know, but he's going to have to put the ball in the air because, listen, how we didn't draft Devontae Smith, you know, last year. He didn't trade for A.J. Brown, then turn around and give him $25 million a year. Okay, they didn't go get Zach Pascal and, and Quez Watkins and pay um, Dallas Goddard all the money they paying him to turn around and hand that damn ball off to Miles Boston Scott, you know, and Kenny Gainwell. All he gonna have to throw that ball this year. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, and his completion percentage got to be up around 65 percent. Turnover ratio got to be at least five to one. 
you know, third down conversion, he's got to be in the in the in the forty to forty forty five percentile. That's just a fact. They they got to find out whether he's the guy because they built everything to win. Now, and now right. the question is, can he right. step up? Can he step up and and answer the call? I, by mm. the way, I got to say, Seth, spectacular artwork over your uh, your left shoulder, man. What what do we have going on there? That sculpture, oh, other side. Yeah, what is it's, it? It's um it's so you got a lot of African art, man. I'm 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 hanging out with my buddy here in Philly. Um, I'm at his place, and he's got African art all over the place. I wish you could see it. It's Looks awesome. like a sweet crib, man. Looks like yeah. a nice place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to try to get you guys the view of the Ben Franklin Bridge, but the problem is that the glare off the windows just won't let it happen. I've been trying. I've been trying to set that view up for the last two years. It just won't work. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the challenges of, of Zoom, uh, yeah, that's for sure. Or uh, Streamyard. All right. Lastly, Seth, for me, uh, do they win the division? How, how how much has the disparity? How much has that that the gap been closed with the Eagles and the Cowboys in your estimation? Um, interestingly, I think that um, with the loss of Tyron Smith, some of the guys you know that, that have exited, the issues that they're having at wide receiver, right now you know they only got one. This proven, you know, the door is open. Um, that Monday night game that they play Dallas here in Philly, they have to win that game. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have to win that game. Not enough. Because even if they, even if they split with Dallas, to me, that's a win. Last year, mm-hmm. they lost both games to Dallas by an average of 41.5 points per game. They got their asses handed to to them by their most hated rival, and it wasn't even close. It looked like, you know, children playing with grown men. Okay, so in order for them to win the division, I think that they can beat the Giants twice, no question. They can beat the risk, well, the Washington football team, excuse me, um, twice. It's going to be hard to beat them twice because I think they're coming. They're a better team. Yeah. Offensively, they're going to be better, but they're beatable. But the, the linchpin for me is going to be – can they split, at least split with Dallas and go, what is it, five and one in the, in the division? Right. If they can do that, then they've got, you know, a legitimate shot at winning. Mm. Uh, well, the bell, the bell's telling us it's time, Seth. That, that means it's time to roll, man. Hey, it's just one o'clock, man. That's all. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, listen, we can't wait. So uh, after each and every Eagles game this season, it'll be yourself. It'll be Mike Missanelli. It'll be D-Gun. It'll be Devin Caney. Jacob Sports post game show, Ocean Casino Resort. Man, you, I, I'm sure you've seen what's going on. The channel is blowing up, and we're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, man. Brother, let me tell you, I'm, I'm excited about what's going on at Jacob Media, but I'm excited, you know, for myself, man. There's so much going on. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in people's living rooms and dens <laughs> like all week long. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I, I just. I'm going to be on with 6abc.com. I'm replacing Jaws doing the um, the, the um, Sunday sports. So as soon as me and D-Gun get done at, you know, whatever time it is, I'll be jumping in the car, shooting down to 42, getting back to the city for 1130. Jeez. Um, Jeez. I've got another little thing, you know, in the works. It's actually done. I just can't tell you what it is right now um, on Monday. And then um, Tuesday – um, I'll be shooting my own show, which you guys will see, you know, on TV. Um, got a great show 
coming up. You know, we'll be shooting on Tuesday. I got the Diddy coming in to preview with me. I got Lomas Brown coming in to preview. You know, the 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 um, the uh, the Lions game, mm-hmm. and you know, for the betters and the fantasy people out there, I got you know, got a dude that's coming in, gonna sit in on. I'm just excited, man. I got a lot going on. I'm like the hey man. Leave me a little money, Seth. Leave me a little money. I got like I got like ten jobs. Him know. only have ten jobs. <laughs> you know what? I always say, you know, football time, football season, my grind time, man. Y'all yeah. be like, man, where are you at now in the off season? Anywhere mm-hmm. I want to be, because you know what? I'm willing to just, I'm willing to work eight days a week if I need to during the season. Because for me, it ain't work, man. I'm talking football. I'm talking about what I love. You know, so when the season's over, you know, I decompress, you know, and, you know, me and the lady, we get in the air and, you know, get to moving around, going to see the, you know, going to see the world. So um, that's what it is. I'm looking forward to a great season, man. Love it. All right, man. Can't wait, man. See you next weekend, man. All right. Thank you. You got it, guys. All right. One of a kind, man. One of a kind. All right. Let's get a quickie. We'll uh, we'll sort of recap all that. We come back. We're going to talk to Paul Domowicz. Domo, great piece today, jacobsports.com on Dallas Goddard. We'll dig into the offensive side of the ball with Domo when we get back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration is who you turn to if you have a home or a business or a property. You've experienced the inconvenience of a fire or of water damage, smoke, mold, whatever it is. They are there and they're available 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I've gone through it. I've had, I've called them on a Saturday. They got right out there. They fixed everything. They cleaned everything up. The crew was amazing, professional, clean. And most importantly, the price, the price was reasonable. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They're serving the tri-state area and have been for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. It could be any of the above. Water, fire, smoke, mold remediation. If you're not sure, call them. They can handle it. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or you can visit them online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right. Happy Friday to you. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you have a great weekend in store. Nice and calm. We are hanging with you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Barrett will be back momentarily. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we are joined now. He, I love the fact that he's uh, he's also working for Jacob Sports as there he well. Is. And uh, doing awesome stuff. Read his piece today on Dallas Goddard. You can follow him yeah. on Twitter as well, at Paul Domwich. Also writes for the 33rd team. FB and Philly Mag as well. Damo staying busy. Look at those. Look at those uh, press passes. Those, 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 those credentials behind him, man. He is so not well, playing around. What's up, well Damo? Traveled man. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I flowered my wall with all my uh, all my time in press boxes. How many? How many would you say? You, give me an estimate of how many press credentials you have, Damo. I, I need a ballpark. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> one of my kid, one of my kids actually did a wall you can't see. I mean, there's got to be at least, you know, 600, 700. Uh, and you know, I never, I was too lazy to throw most of them out. So it <laughs> kind of was kind of cool later on. I mean, I've got press passes from 1983, the 1984. Actually, I think there's something to go back to when I worked in Fort Worth covering baseball. I mean, back in the uh, late 70s. So. Wow. Man. Hey, Dama, I took all of mine. I have a big shoe box. I just threw them all in the shoe box, man. I didn't want to throw them away yet, but I just tossed yeah. them in the shoe back. <laughs> That's where they were until my daughter got them out and uh, decided to, uh, for a birthday present uh, last year, to to put them in in uh, on boards and and put them on yeah. the walls. Nice hoarding pays off, Damo. You know, makes her nice accessories around the house. That's exactly. for sure. Uh, so let's dive into this. You you wrote about Goddard today and. You know, I think it's only natural that you're going to focus on A.J. Brown. Are you going to focus on Devontae Smith? Or we're, we're, everybody's caught up in Jalen Hurts, of course. Or is Miles Sanders going to get back? You know, this is not some just sort of, you know, also ran tight end here. This is a guy who now that he's totally free from the Zach Ertz thing, who could have a monster season for them. And I know there's only so much wealth that you can spread around here. But what's your sense of, of what we're looking at in terms of a season for Dallas Goddard for the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, and as he correctly pointed out, when you've got two number one receivers that are going to be playing on the outside, uh, you know, 
you're limited to what you can do as far as covering him in the middle. I mean, there's going to be opportunities that he's going to be covered a lot by linebackers who are going to stand no chance against him. Uh, so, you know, it's a nice problem for Jalen Hurts to have, and it's a nice problem for, for Dallas to have. I mean, he, I, you know, coaches will tell you that you control that 15 to 20 yards in the middle of the field. You're, you're usually going to win games. And, you know, with Dallas being able to both block and catch balls, uh, you know, they stand a good chance to win most of those uh, middle-of-the-field battles every week uh, this season. Damo, do you think Goddard will ever be a 1,000-yard receiver? I think he's got a chance. I don't, you know, I don't know how the – you know, we're going to have to see ball distribution here, Gunner, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, I mean, A.J. and, and, and Devonta Smith, uh, how many – targets they're going to get you know Dallas mentioned the other day you know that his goal is 200 targets which is probably a little overly ambitious since only three guys in the history of the league have ever been targeted that much and they've all been wide receivers but you know it's good to good to aim high Uh, (laughs) I think I mean he's had you know he had 800 plus last year so I think and he's a guy that has a high yards per catch average which means he doesn't have to catch as many balls uh to, to, to have a lot of yards. So I think it's within reach. Um, I, I could see it happening. Damo, you've been doing this for a long time, as, as we just mentioned, uh, and you've seen a lot of regimes here, and you've seen Howie throughout his entirety when he's been in charge, and it's, you know, the ups and downs at times, for sure, the ultimate being the Super Bowl. But what are your impressions just overall of what they've been able to do? I, I would say this offseason and even dating it back to the previous season with the draft when, when you know, you land Devontae Smith and, uh, Landon Dickerson and Milton Williams and Gainwell, et cetera. Just what he's done really over the last two years, year and a half. Yeah, he's done a very good job. Uh, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day with, with Howie, you know, Howie's not perfect. He, he And he's had some atrocious picks, mm-hmm. both free agency and the draft. I mean, they got rid of one yes, with, with the decision to trade Jalen Rager away, but drafting him instead of Justin Jefferson, there've been, there've been some bad moments, but when he's on, like he was in 2017, I mean, he was, he was the NFL executive of the year that year and right, rightfully so. I mean, he put together a a Super Bowl team and I I think he's on that kind of run right now. He's put together a a team that that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. Um, you know, it all it all revolves around Jalen. I think. Uh, I mean, he has to be what they hope he'll be, or or you know, there's going to be some disappointment. But uh, I mean, I think he's built a, a really solid team here. I think you know, and and kudos to him because I mean, you know, I've been a, a critic of his at times, but I, I thought he's done a good job the last year, a couple of years. Hey, Damo, um, I think one of the biggest things we sh- we have should applaud Howie for, and I've said it a number of times is the fact that he looked in the mirror and realized he didn't have to be the smartest man in the room to build a team. He admitted to us openly that he's done a better job of listening to people around him and absorbing input more so than ever before. And I think that is a direct correlation to why the last two drafts in particular have been so vastly improved, especially him honing in on SEC talent. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I want to use the word matured uh, mm-hmm. both as a person and as a football guy. Um, you know, I think for a while there, he suffered from the fact that so many people were critical of his background, the non-football background, the never played the game uh, thing. 
And he was very defensive about that. And I think, you know, he's not a guy who naturally trusts people. Uh, so I think all that has kind of slowly come together for him. He knows, you know, he knows the people to trust now uh, and, and listens to them, respects the people that mm-hmm. that may be smarter than him uh, and takes their advice. So, yeah, um, it's just kind of a, a whole growth process with him that I think is, has been beneficial to this team. Damo, you look at defensively, and we were talking to Seth Joyner a little bit earlier, and he still seems very skeptical of Rich Gannon, or of uh, Jonathan Gannon, excuse me. I'm more of the belief that it is fair to say he didn't have the the necessary you know pieces last summer or last season, excuse me. Tell the truth, Rob. You tell tell him how you were on the Gannon. I'm, bandwagon. I'm getting there, Gunner. I'm building it up. I want I want Damo to be on the Gannon wagon. Okay, so here it's a slow build. You don't just throw somebody right on, man. You got to, you know, kind of pull up at their stop and say, come on, you're welcome. But my point is, you guys have to make fun of me. But I believe that Gannon will be, I I think by the end of the season, Damo, we're all going to say, you know what, this guy's a pretty good coordinator. And he's got the pieces here. I I guess my my question is, where do you fall with the Gannon thing? Are you more of way too conservative, this isn't going to work, or didn't have what it took last year? What does Seth know? <laughs> no, seriously. I, we will tell him. This is just between I us. Love and respect yeah. him. So, no, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I was, I was one of the people that defended Gannon last year when he was catching so much heat because I just felt that he didn't have a lot to work with. He didn't know what he had to work with. So he was playing it very vanilla, very safe, bend but don't break, and it looked ugly at times. And yet they finished in the top ten in points allowed. So I mean. You know, I think this year he's got a totally different situation. He's got versatile weapons that he can move around, including, you know, picking up uh, the, the, the safety nickel uh, from New Orleans the other day. Who they can, Johnson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can now use him in Avante in different ways. So, I mean, I think this year he's going to be a lot more creative, a lot more inventive. Uh, I, he's not going to blitz a lot because that's not him, although – you know, he's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this with Reddick and, and, and uh, the rookie. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I think Jonathan Gannon is, is going to be very successful this year with that defense and probably get a head coaching job. So I think we're, he's probably a short termer here. I think we're probably going to be uh, looking for a new defensive coordinator next year, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a chance to be really this defense to be really good this year and for people's opinion of Jonathan Gannon to change. See, Damo, just basing it off of what you just said, I, I've said you've got to let the dogs pin back their ears and hunt. You've got mm-hmm. a personnel in the rotation this year to put consistent pressure on the quarterbacks. I don't want to see them just rushing four men and just play, and, and playing all the other knee stuff. You know, they, they were one of the leaders in the league in terms of defending against passes 20 or more yards last year. But we've seen numerous offenses go to this dink and dunk format now, and have made quarterbacks have made names for themselves and gotten big money dinking and dunking their way down the field. I don't want to see this type of defense allowing that to happen. I don't think you will this year, Gunner. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like I said, I just he's got some weapons that he just. Yeah. I think he knows he can use. I mean, Nicobe Dean is is one was one of the best college blitzing linebackers to yeah. come out and you know you don't waste that and I think he knows that and I, I wrote a couple of weeks back that you know Jordan Davis uh I mean with his speed it 
on third and long, you put him on the edge. I mean, who's going to who's going to stop him when he's got a running start going after right, right. going after your quarterback? I mean, so you can move him around. You can move Fletcher around. Um, you know, so I think we're going to see a lot of alignments that are, you know, we're just going to see a lot of different stuff this year that we did not see last year. And I think it's going to work because of the talent they have. Mm. Rob, you're muted. Sorry about that. Uh, Sirianni, you know, we seem to talk Gannon and Hertz and rightfully so, and a lot of other people, but you know, he had an interesting year last year. He comes in, there's, it was kind of weird circumstances. And the, the, we all know this is the famous Zoom where everybody jumped on him for that. But after a two and five start, he held it together. And the veterans really believe, seem to believe in this guy. And he strikes me as being genuine. I, I know sometimes people think it's a little too rah rah or whatever. But if that's who you are, that's who you are. Um, how do you view him going into year two now as opposed to what we saw last season? I mean, I, I like Nick. I think he's going to, you know, I think he's, I, I, I kind of have a, I like guys that come from a football family that, you know, coaches, which is his situation. Uh, you're right. The players have taken to him. Um, you know, they played well at the end of, of a season last year after struggling early. I think what, what this team has to do, and we're going to find out early on, Unlike last year, when you looked at the schedule, you knew there were going to be some problems early on, but they would get it together and then win when they they had a winnable schedule at the end, which they took advantage of and made the playoffs. This year, they cannot afford to lollygaggle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to come out strong. They have to win games early. I mean, they theoretically, they could be 8-2 and two after 10 games if they play up mm-hmm. to their talent level. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I mean, they're a healthy team for the most part. They lost – you know, Dillard uh, yesterday, but that we're talking a backup right now. Um, so I want to see how Nick does handles that. I want to see, you know, I like his coaching staff. Uh, you know, I think they're capable of getting a lot out of Jalen this year. So, uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, getting back to the initial question, I, I think Nick's going to be okay. I think he's a good coach that, you know, some people, you know, he, he, he laughs at himself when he needs to, uh, but, you know, the players respect him, and that's all that matters. Hey, Damo, what do you think makes Jeff Stoutland such a great mentor uh, of offensive linemen, not just training them to play at this level, but making them versatile at this level as well? Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's coached under some very talented people, including Nick Saban. That's probably helped. Uh, you know, he's just – he relates well to the guys he teaches. I mean, he's – you know, he can be gruff when he wants to be gruff. Uh, and, but they love him. I mean, the only guy I saw that that back, backfired with uh, – no, that wasn't uh, – actually, I'm thinking of the Howard Mudd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Are you uh, going to say Danny Watkins? Danny Watkins, yeah. He just uh, – <laughs> Howard Mudd uh, lobbied for him and then uh, scared the crap out of him once he started coaching him. So, but uh, Jeff, I mean, you know, he, his legacy is going to be that left tackle right now, assuming he stays healthy and continues to play. I mean, he took a guy that had never played the game and is going to turn him into an all pro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's probably going to be, I mean, that that's going to be on Jeff uh, on Stout's tombstone. I mean, he's just a, he's just a good solid coach who knows he, he seemed, he knows, he plays to his players' strengths. 
He knows how to how to make them maximize what they have and minimize maybe some weaknesses that they might have. Hey, Damo, looking at the schedule, and I know it's only, you know, week six, okay? I get how early it is, but you play the Cowboys that, that night, and it's home. Cowboys have had their number, to say the least, and they, they beat them down pretty pretty good the last few years. I'm not going to say make or break for week six, but, you know, how how big is a win or a loss to sort of set the tone the rest of the way here for them and in this division? Uh, it's huge. And, you know, the injury to Tyron Smith has kind of leveled the playing field a little bit if, if it was tilted. You know, I was talking to uh, Troy Aikman earlier this week, and, I mean, Aikman thinks that's going to be something that's going to be a concern to the to, to the Cowboys. I mean, they're a team that's always been left tackle dependent, you know, and now they've got to put a – they're putting a rookie out there, Tyler Smith, a first-round rookie, but still a rookie. You know, McCarthy's never liked to give his tackles help, and now he's going to have to rethink that with a, with a rookie. So, I mean, that's – it's – I don't. We're gonna see how they how they handle that, uh, but it's it's certainly brought them down a notch and put them within. You know, I mean, I, I think the Eagles were on a par with them anyway uh, because of the offseason moves they made. But it's 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 helped them certainly, and and beating them is you know it's it's going to be beating them the first time is going to be key because like I said, those early games and establishing yourself as the team to beat in that division is going to be. Uh, critical to do that in the first half of the season. Hey, Damo, uh, I've asked a number of people on this show over the past month or so, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Give me your top three coaches or players or combination of any three who the pressure is on the most for the Eagles this season. Well, I think you start with Jalen. You know, I think everybody's optimistic about him making big strides, including myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until he goes out there and does it, you know, we don't know how that's going to go. I mean, he's got, you know, they improved his weapons about as well as you can improve them. I mean, he's got, uh, he's got the best offensive line in the league, or at least one of the best offensive lines in the league in front of him. So, you know, I don't think he feels that pressure because of the way he's he's his makeup but you know mm-hmm. that's you know that's for me would be number one um number two i mean fletcher cox uh this could be his mm-hmm. last year here he's coming off two subpar years you know he's been criticized which he's never been criticized before in his career you know last year they cut him temporarily i mean it was all a for the sake of resigning him, but uh, it was certainly something that, you know, affects you. So I think he's got a lot to prove this year. And my, uh, I think he, and I mean, he wants to prove it. And so we'll see, especially, you know, they go out and draft Jordan Davis. Uh, you know, you, there's just, there's been no talk about Fletch this, this training camp. And, uh, you know, that's good for him because he's been out of the spotlight, but uh, I think he wants to be the guy. And uh, so he wants to go back out and prove it. And if he can be what he was in 2018, um, that makes this defense even stronger. And thirdly, I'm going to say Darius Slay. Um, Oh, okay. You know, they're still, I mean, they're okay. I mean, they they certainly with Bradbury have, have strengthened themselves at the corners, but it's not, it's not a deep position right now. 
beyond, you know, beyond the starters. I mean, they've got, you know, now they've got a, a couple guys that can play nickel, but other than Bradbury and Slay, I don't feel comfortable with anybody else uh, having to go and play outside for more than a couple of games or so. You know, Slay's at a, a point in his career, what is he, 32 maybe, I want to say. Uh, you know, you get dinged up, you get injured, you pull a hamstring. They can't afford to have that happen with him. He needs to be healthy and he needs to play at a high level. Uh, to make everything else work. I think they're going to get a better pass rush this year, which is going to ease things on those on that secondary. But still, uh, he needs to have a strong year, I think, to make everything kind of work on that defense. Tomo, step aside from the from the Eagles for a minute. Just big picture. Who do you think wins it this year? Uh, boy, let me see. Um I think it's going to come out of the AFC. I mean, they just have so much talent over there. So many good quarterbacks. I mean, you know, I look, you, you could look at Tampa Bay and say, you know, Brady goes, you know, wins, wins again, but they've got some real problems with the interior part of their line that I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to solve. Um, you know, the Rams maybe, but I, I think it's going to come out of the AFC. I think, uh, you know, you got, you got teams like the, you know, the, the, the chargers that are going to be strong, um, boy, you know Bills. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Justin Herbert's just gonna have a monster year, and the Chargers Ooh, are gonna okay. The world. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, any candidate you you pluck out of the AFC West is uh, is a good candidate. That that's for sure. The way well, let well, I me mean, I mean, think about it. Uh, the AFC has been a dominant conference the last two years. Yet the NFC has won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so keep that in mind as well. You know, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight to the bitter end over in the AFC. You know, the team that comes out of the AFC could be a ten and seven team in a regular season. You know, because of that just that balance. But it only takes one dominant team in. in and I don't disagree with you, Damo, that it, it could very well could come out of that. But I look at the way the Rams reloaded. Um, yeah. You know, they, they lost a few pieces, but they, they they went out. They got Allen Robinson. They brought in Bobby Wagner to make that team that much stronger. I don't know. It's hard to bet against the Rams, you know. Yeah, could be. I, you, know. you know, it's just so tough to repeat. Uh, yep. In this yep. Um, you know, can Matthew Stafford have another year like last year? Um uh, I mean, it's, it certainly can happen. You're right. The talent's there. Sean McVay is certainly one of the best coaches in the league. Yep. Has established himself. Uh, i just looking for a surprise here. And, then, hey, let's not forget Andy, you know? I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Kansas City, uh, boy. Got, hey, you know, do, you, do, you find, do you find Washington as intriguing as a lot of people do because of all the uncertainty? I mean, they've got talent, but it yeah. starts with that man in the middle. Yeah. I mean – you know, Carson Wentz is not as bad as he's been the last two years. Uh, I I think so, the truth is somewhere between that and 2017. I don't think, he, he, you know, uh, he just played out of his mind that year before the injury. But, I mean, I think you know, when they traded for him, uh, you know, I, I felt that, that it was a good fit because of Nor- uh, North Turner's uh, son, who's the, coach, the offensive coordinator down there. Uh, is a really underrated offensive guy, and I think he's going to get the most out of Carson. Now, you know whether the other pieces around him 
work and fit. We'll see. But, uh, you know, yeah, you're I, It's a sleeper team. I, they're, they're certainly not going to win the Super Bowl, but I think right. they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom. Well, I brought this up and I know like the football gods will strike you if you say this, but everything feels weird <laughs> in, in New England. Uh, you know, you got Matt Patricia calling the plays. Joe Judge is, you know, involved. It, it it seems weird. And I know it's Belichick. I get it. But it feels like they're they're in for a down year. Where are you at? Hey, you can't ever question Belichick or what, what's your sense? No, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the, certainly the, the preseason and the, the confusion over who, you know, or not confusion, but they're not being very forthcoming about who's going to end up calling the plays. I was on a conference call the other day with Julian Edelman and he thinks ultimately it's going to be Belichick with the, with the headphones on Uh calling the plays. But I, you know, I think we're not going to see this team go, you know, four and and 14 or four and 13, but I think I, you know, the, the rest of that division has gotten better, much better. I mean, not just Buffalo, but I mean, the jets are going to be better. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, Miami's certainly better. So, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be an unspectacular year for Belichick. Mm. Unspectacular. I like that. Okay. All right, okay. lastly, uh Brady. Is this the year that Father Time at least to a degree catches up? Well, I don't, you know, as I mentioned before, I think their biggest concern is that interior part of their offensive line. Right. Uh because that's where Brady makes his living. That's where he's that's where he's uh, been so successful, you know, I mean, he's not a mobile guy. He's not going to roll out. I mean, he needs that protection inside so that he can step up in that pocket and make strong throws. And, you know, right now there's not a lot that says he's going to be able to do that. Uh, teams are going to, are going to focus their pressure inside on him. And uh, I think it's going to be a concern, you know, I, I mean, so, I mean, I, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I don't think he's going to have a terrible year, but I think the Super Bowl's probably out of reach. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, is he going to be around beyond this year? We'll see. I, I think if they have a disappointing year, he might just call it quits. Uh, so uh, to answer your question, yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to go out, you know, off into the sunset with another uh, Lombardi uh, trophy. Well, the good news is poor Tom's got a safety blanket of another job because we know it would have been really difficult for him to survive, Damo. So he's he he should be okay if he decides to step away. <laughs> and even if he doesn't, he could probably live off his wife for a while. Yeah. Yeah, really. 
Think so. Think so. Dabo, listen, man, we're, we're loving your work at jacobsports.com. Of course, also the 33rd team FB. You can follow him on there. Philly Mag as well, doing all kinds of great stuff. Dabo, we appreciate a couple of minutes, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good yeah. holiday, man. Paul yeah. Dabo, which, all right, Gunnar, let, let's come back. Let, let's, you, we hit a couple of these with, uh, with Damo and, and Seth to, to a degree, but let's dig a little bit deeper into the NFC East. We're going to go on all these teams. Dallas, Washington, the Giants, and where the Eagles compare, where they where they fall in the line with these teams as well. So we'll do that when we get back. All right? Sound good? Sound good to me, man. It's Friday, man. Whatever you want to do. I hear you. We will do that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis Barrett will be back in a little bit uh, during the show as well. All right, so let's talk a little Razor technology. Yes, identity management. With cyber threats like ransomware on a seemingly endless uptick and the risk of a breach or data loss higher than ever, the need to know just who's accessing your network systems and applications is mission control. Identity management from Razor Technology is a holistic framework of policies and technologies that lock down access to the right users for only the right reasons. They deploy cutting-edge solutions that identify, authenticate, and monitor access across your entire IT system. Razor Technology determines how users gain an identity in your system, what roles they need to fill, and enforces access controls with network protocols, digital certificates, behavioral analysis, and secure authentication methods. Talk to Razor Technology today to learn how to identify management that you can take risks and the risk of data breach while avoiding costly errors and downtime due to a lack of access. Contact Razor Technology today at 866 797-3282-866-797-3282. 797-3282-866-797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor. A pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted. Revered. Appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate. Honest. And fair. He is extremely dedicated. Motivated. And always seeking the truth. 
He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Friday. What are, what are the big plans this weekend, Gunner, for Labor Day? You, you chilling? What do you got going on? First thing you have to do is take your – you're going to – boop. Thank you. There you go. Tonight, uh, we are having a big birthday bash for my oldest daughter, whose birthday is today. And uh, Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, we're having a restaurant uh, come in and doing hibachi style at their house. Mm. Uh, and then tomorrow, which is huge college football day, I'll be at a wedding. Up in Lancaster somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he sound thrilled. Stop! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! So basically, you're so. not going to see any of the college football tomorrow. <laughs> but I am going to take. I'm going to take one game and, and speed through it when I get home. That's that's that. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to. If it's going to be the um, which one is the the uh, Oregon Georgia game? Yeah. Or the Ohio State game. I'm still debating which one, but I'll take one and zip through it when I get home. Okay. Well, here's the good yeah. news, right? I don't know what time you're going to be home, obviously, right, right. but. Notre Dame, Ohio State is a yeah. night game tomorrow. Right, at least, right. At least there's that, right? I mean, so yep. you know, if it makes it feel feel any better, it, that game's tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, the I agree with you. The the uh, the Georgia game is going to be a, so that's seven thirty. By the way, yep. That game. Um, the you got to the good thing is with Labor Day weekend before the NFL starts, we have a Sunday night game, Florida State LSU. Oh yeah. And Clemson and Georgia Tech play Monday night. So, and I'm a big Florida State fan. Yeah, you get a little taste at least, you know, even if you miss uh, some yeah. of the early stuff. Sun, Sunday, I'll do a little grilling. I don't know what. Yet. I might do some ribs on Sunday. I don't know yet. I might, I might get out there and burn a couple slabs of ribs. I haven't done that in a while. It's been a crazy summer with, you know, the deck being under construction and all that stuff, not having anywhere to grill out. Mm-hmm. One time I grilled out right out in the driveway out of desperation. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, man, adapt and overcome. You got to do what you got to do. My biggest fear was, please do not let this grill roll down the driveway. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine one of the neighbors is out there. Hey, oh what the heck is going on here, man? That'd be pretty yeah, fire, fire rolling down the driveway. What yeah, are you yeah, getting yeah. into this weekend? What are you doing? Uh, what am I doing? So, uh, Besides working. Yes, I am working. But uh, My buddy's having a little get-together tomorrow, a little cookout. So I'll after I finish up at WIP, I'll head over there. And just chill a little bit. My okay. son's coming home from coming home from school on Sunday for Sunday nice. and Monday. So yeah, just kind of hang with him. It's really what I'm looking to do. He's been. They started school early. They started not this Monday, but last at Temple. Okay. So he's been. It's only been a couple of weeks, but it's good. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a little bit. So I'll right. I'll make sure we hang out. Um, is what I'll be doing. Are you to, gonna to, find, tonight? 
Are you, gonna, are you gonna fire up the charcoal slash gas grill? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know if we're gonna uh we might yeah, I think we actually probably will do a little a little grill chill out on the deck a little bit. Maybe I, I might maybe we'll go out to eat Sunday night or something like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Should should be fun. And and I'll I'll be uh I'll be chilling tonight watching Temple take on Duke, my owls. I was uh, gonna I ask you that earlier. Are you I don't feel great about it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <I'll, laughs> Temple, Temple well, might surprise you, man. Uh, yeah, hey, look, he's um, Stan Drayton, who took over this year right, from Rod right. Carey. Rod Carey was terrible. Yep. I think he actually will do a good job, but it's going to take him a little bit. Sure. Like they're digging out of, uh, he's digging out of a hole, man. So I'll give him a little bit of a break. It's going to take a, it's going to take a minute or two for him. So, but I, I'm still excited nonetheless to watch him. I always like watching him. So man, I'm just in. think you're not that far removed from the, the, the Matt rule days when they I were, know. they were a good team. You know, it was the best of times. Yeah, no, wow. it was great. It, it, it was when they were the night I was at the game, they played Notre Dame on a, on a uh, Saturday night at Lincoln financial field. Like I, it felt like a dream. Like it was like a meaningful game. Temple was ranked. You know, Notre Dame ended up winning in, at the end, but they went back and forth, back and forth. And that was it's yeah. the best era I've lived yep. through. You know? Okay. So I think they won three games when I was there. Three or four. Oh my games goodness. Total, total. total? It was bad. It was in four really, years? It was I'm telling you, man. It was awful. And now oh I was lucky goodness. on the basketball side, it was John Chaney, it was yep. Eddie Jones, it was Aaron McKee, it was Rick Brunson. It was that crew. So they were they were good, you know, during that time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you had a consistent tournament team. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, it, a couple of those years they could have gone further. They didn't, but they were always good. I mean, you knew with hoops, okay, we're going to be fine here. It was tough with uh, with uh, football, that's for sure. Adam asks, "Will I be on with Devin this weekend?" Yes, Devin and I will be on Sunday on WIP Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. Adam, thanks. Good for, for you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. All right. So uh, NFC East, Derek. Let, let's start. We'll get to the Eagles last because we we always do Eagles. But you know the Cowboys are in an interesting place. They're, mm. you know, Mike McCarthy's, whether he admits it or not, whether Jerry admits it or not, there's heat being felt there from Sean Payton. They're just absolutely innocent. okay. So you start there, then you move on to an offense that lost Amari Cooper, Leo Collins, uh, Tyrod Smith. Like they've lost some some good players, and and um. I'm blanking on the receiver who's not going to be back for the very start of the season. Um, oh, uh, Michael Gallup. Gallup. Gallup's not going to yeah. be ready for the start of the season. So they've lost some some firepower, man, for sure. On the defensive side, they lost Randy Gregory. Now, the plus side of this is Micah Parsons in his second year is probably going to be that much better, and they still have some talented players on that side of the ball. Yep, yep. Um, but And Jerry's not getting any younger, so the patience is going to be real thin. What's your sense of the Cowboys here as as we go into this year? I think I think they take a slide. Uh, what they won what twelve games last year? Yep. Um, I still think they're right around nine or ten wins. I don't know if that's going to be good enough for them to win the division. But when you go into a season, there's no Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is going to miss at least the first games. Now they they do have you know they do have a young receiver who's got a lot of promise in Noah Brown. Yes. Um. But you got to see him do it. You know, we don't know to what degree Dak will will rely on him. The offensive line is in flux. I mean, you know, they still have you know Tyler Beard as his center, Connor Connor McGovern is at the left guard. 
Yep. Zach Martin's at the right guard. So so from center to guard on both sides, they're pretty stable. But you're, you're, you're getting a first-round draft pick up to speed to protect your blind side in, in Tyler Smith. Um, in the right tackle, Terrence Steele, we don't know what he is or he is not. And they don't have the depth like they used to have along the offensive line. Um, Zeke, Zeke is going to have – is going to find some 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 difficult lanes to run through. He's not going to see those gaping holes like he was running through before, I don't think. Um, although Dak came out and said yesterday that they're ready to go because they want to prove a lot of people wrong about them falling off the cliff. So, you know, we'll see. But you're right. Jerry Jones is not a patient man. He's over 80 years old, and he's he has said this year that he knows he doesn't have a lot of time. And you know, they're, they're tired of all the mockery that they haven't hoisted that trophy since 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the America, America's team image has been tarnished significantly since then. Um, I expect Dallas to be a competitive team. And then when you look at their schedule, my goodness, coming out of the gate, um, they start out with Tampa Bay and then Cincinnati. Those are two huge – now, the good thing for them is they have both of those games at home. The bad thing is they have to play Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. Right, those two games are huge tone setters for this team. Um, you know, they get the Giants the week after. Then they have Washington, Rams, Philadelphia. This team can start out one and five, or they can surprise you. Be you know three and two, four and one. You don't know. Yeah, very much but, so. I agree with you. But yeah. but based on based on what we've talked about, the the abundance of talent they've lost, uh, getting a rookie up to speed, giving them a crash course to now be your starting left tackle. Overall, I see Dallas uh, taking a step back this year. Yeah, I do too. I, I, yeah, not step back six wins, but a step back certainly. Right. Maybe two, they, from, two less from wins. From 12 wins, right. 10, yeah, 12 to 10, 12 to 9, yep. somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. Uh, they have Jason Peters in today for a physical, Derek. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I mean, not surprised. I'm Jason not Peters either. is 40 years old, man. Yeah, and, and look, we know what it looked like at the end here. The last couple of years he was cooked, and he's gone on to – I was at Chicago last year. He was in um, Chicago, yeah. This is a – this speaks volumes to how desperate they are with this offensive line. It really does. Well, when, when you also consider um, the abundance of linemen that were cut by other teams around the league, I'm a little surprised they decided to go the route of Jason, especially with his history the last several years being – he may start a season for you, but – it's not likely he's going to finish the season for you, uh-uh. you know, um, or, now, a game. or a game for that matter. Now he is, he is as wily as they come in terms of knowing all the little tricks. If, if they could, if they could get him to play 75% of what Jason Peters was, that's a huge comfort zone for Dallas. That is Getting him to stay on the field and getting him to play at least 75% of his effectiveness that's a huge win for Dallas, and then you have to look at that team a little bit differently. But being 40 years old now, you know, and, and playing a position where you're in contact every play, unlike the quarterback, that's why Tom Brady at 45 is still playing. Tom Brady's not taking the headshots that a Jason Peters is going to be taking. You know, every snap off the, off the, off that snap, you're headbutting with a guy across the line of scrimmage from you. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder how much Jason Peters still has left in the tank, but I'm intrigued to find out. I hate to see him going down to Dallas – but I'm tr- I'm intrigued to find out exactly what Jason has left. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. All right, let's jump to Washington. Yep. We we touched yep. on it uh, with Damo a little bit with Wentz, but you know there is definitely talent on this team, and they have a good receiving core. I think they have a pretty decent backfield. Uh, I don't know if I love their offensive line, 
And the yeah. defensive line's taking a big hit with Chase Young not being able to at least play the first four games. Then who four. knows how he yeah. comes back after that. Um, and their their linebacking core is not great either. Right. But if Wentz plays well, they're they're going to be a well coached team with Rivera. You you know you know that. Uh, yeah. In your estimation, is this a playoff team? Oh man, wow. If everything fell into place for them, yes. If if Wentz comes close to playing like he did in 2017, Washington is going to hurt a lot of feelings this season. I love their collection of pass catchers. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Um, you know, obviously we don't know what he's gonna do at this level. Um, but and Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel is one of the more underrated receivers in the game. You know, and you got Cam Sims. They got the kid named Cam Sims is an up and coming receiver for him as well. Right. So they got four pretty good receivers. A tight end, Logan Thomas is a good tight end if you can keep him healthy. Yeah, it's always it's always big with him. But losing Brandon Scherf along the offensive line is a huge loss for them. Um, Sam Cosme is a good tackle, but the other parts of that offensive line, I, I don't know. You know, the secondary's decent. They've got they've got some good interior linemen. When you're talking about Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, you know that's a pretty nice nucleus right there to have. Yeah, it is. But who's coming off the edge for that team? Who's put who's applying the pressure off the edge consistently? Now Montez Montez Sweat has the ability, but he hasn't had that breakout season yet. Um, and until Chase Young gets back, they're going to be hurting in that in that regard, having guys putting consistent pressure on a quarterback. But it's, it starts with that quarterback, man. If he runs that offense the way it's supposed to be run, you've got the running back with Antonio Gibson. You've got the pass catchers. If he runs that offense, I see them at like a 9-8 and eight team. 9-8 and eight in the NFC because there's so many bland teams in the NFC right now. 9-8 and eight could get you in the playoffs. Yeah, 9-8 is going to be – I mean, look, that's what the Eagles were last year and they got yep. in, right? So yep. it's, it's not out of the question that that gets you in. You're right. Some of that is going to depend on what the rest of like the North does beyond Green Bay. What the South yeah. looks like is how good is New Orleans? Yeah, you know, all sure. of those kind of things for sure. I think I think ten cements you. I think nine. You're you're dancing on that fine line. Yeah, of whether yeah. or not you get in. You're in that right, B- Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, where you don't want to be. But let, let's go to the uh, to the Giants now, and <sighs> they have been more than any team destroyed by injuries. In, oh my in goodness! Preseason. I mean, destroyed. Uh, up to six or seven offensive linemen, uh, you know, everybody and their mother going down for them. They weirdly just cut Blake Martinez after he made the team yep. uh, yesterday. Just kind of a strange move in and of itself. Daniel Jones really entering a, a season where it's make or break for his career in New York, maybe his career as a mm. starter in the NFL. Saquon Barkley trying to come off a couple of years of injuries. Uh, a mess with the receiving core, including Kenny oh Galladay, who's just been, you know, the, the worst for them so far. Uh, I don't see it. I like Dable, but I know Seth said earlier, you know, they're gonna. He thinks they're gonna be better, and I think they'll be better than what they were with Joe Judge. But I think this is a four or five win team. Yeah, I um, I don't think Dable has the personnel he wants to have yet. When, when I look at the, the the this receiving core this team has. The first thing that comes to mind is if they had a better quarterback, they would be a more dangerous team. You know, um, Galladay has been disappointed, but you still have Kaderis Tony. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's talking about he has to show it this year. Um, you, you still have Sterling Shepard. You know, you got Darius Slayton. I mean, you got some good pass catchers on that team. 
you know, they've tried their best to fix that offensive line, and now the guys are falling left and right. Plus, they're they're going to be without their, their number one draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, for at least the first four games. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they finally hired the right coach in Dabo. I think they're going to turn it around. Not this year. Uh, there's too too many question marks. I don't think Daniel Jones is what Dabo wants. And I said it earlier this summer, I think Tyrod Taylor would shine better in that offense than da- than, than Daniel Jones will. Mm-hmm. Although Tyrod Taylor has been a 12-year journeyman, um, I think he's a better fit in Dabo's offense than Daniel Jones is. Of course, it remains to be seen. If they had a halfway decent offensive line blocking for Saquon, who's on a mission about bounce back, and Matt Breida backing him up, um, Giants could be an interesting team. But I think because of so many ifs with this team, will Galladay show up? How much better or worse will Daniel Jones be in Dabo's offense? And for that matter, how much patience will Dabo have with Daniel Jones? Um, when are you going to get Thibodeau back? Uh, Dexter Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams, a great interior lineman for that team. Um, I'm not big on, on their linebacking core. Uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties, uh, uh, Dory Jackson, he, at one time, Adoree Jackson was, was was in the conversation as one of the better cornerbacks in the National Football League. Hasn't lived up to it the last couple of years. You have Xavier McKinney playing free safety. He's a pretty good safety for him. But there's too many holes to fill in this team on both sides of the football, and I think they're going to be right around that four or five win total again this year. I think the Eagles win the division, Derek. I think it's close. Yeah, I think it's yeah. tight with Dallas. I, think I that, agree that, with you. Yeah, that game we talked about a little bit earlier, week six here, at home against the Cowboys is going to go a long way. The Eagles lose that game, then all bets are off as far as I'm concerned, because then it'll show you Dallas just still has their number. But if the Eagles can win it and plant that little seed into Dallas's mind that, hey, this is a different year. This is not the same thing that you've seen the last few years where we're just going to beat up on them. I think that's going to go a real long way for the confidence. The Eagles have a bye week after that. Yeah. You know, I think they're feeling good about themselves if they get that win or bad about themselves if they lose it and they have an extra week to sort of, you know, marinate in it. So I, I really think a lot of the season comes ba- down to that that week six. I know it's really early, but I still feel that way. I, I don't think I, I I think the week six game is an important game, but because it's so early in the season, if they lost that game, they still have enough time to bounce bounce back, and they get another shot at Dallas on Christmas Eve right. as well. And you know, um, but it 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 does it is a tone setter if they do get that week six game. But I don't think it's the end of their season by any stretch of the imagination. If they can stay healthy, I think, you know, it's a learning tool for them. They'll have another week to stew on it after they play Dallas, which will make them come back even more focused for what, what's coming up after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they have much better talent across the board than Dallas does. No question about that. But, you know, when you come to when you talk about those division games, any and everything can happen, man. And, and we've seen it time and time again across the board in any division. You know, you just never know, man. When it's those backyard brawls or those heated rivalries, you know, something like a fluke, you know, ricochet interception, a fumble ruski, something. A field goal off the upright, you just never know when, when teams like Dallas and Philadelphia get together. I, I would love to see the Eagles go in and smack them in the mouth, mouth and put Dallas in their place. But I would also say, you know, if Dallas finds a way to win that game, They'll learn from it and move on. Yeah, no, yeah, I hear you. Like, I'm not yeah. dooming them. I'm not telling you it's done right. if, they, if right, that's right. the case. But I just think from a psyche standpoint, they could really use that win. That's for sure. Look, oh, and, yeah. and, and and lastly, you know, when it comes down to the Eagles, as I mentioned, I think they're the division winner. I think they're a 10-11 win team. I think that probably 11 gets it, and the Cowboys are around that 10-win mark. 
I think Washington's kind of a wild card. They could be a nine-win team, as we discussed a little bit earlier, which puts them, you know, in the discussion in terms of, of the playoffs. You start looking around at the other divisions. Like, for me, it, it's Green Bay and Minnesota. I think both come out of there. I think Green Bay wins it, but Minnesota is a playoff team. I think they're that good. I think having an offensive mind now, you know, just a change of scenery from Zimmer is going gonna, is gonna to bode really well for them. The South is weird. It could just be Tampa, but I think New Orleans, be. if Jameis plays well, maybe they get two, maybe. Um, hmm. The Rams and San Fran are, I think, both getting in, but I th- the Arizona is the team that I think takes a, a little bit of a step backwards. I, th- I think with uh, Kyler Murray not having DeAndre Hopkins to make some of his passes look good, um, I think that puts a little bit more pressure on um, Kyler Murray. Yep. The latter half of the season, teams figured him out how to defend him as fast as he is. Teams figured out how to defend him. I, I think the word is out now on how you defend a Kyler Murray. Uh, they lost some pieces on defense. They lost Jordan Hicks. Chandler yeah. Jones are gone. You know, so they've lost some significant pieces on that defense. Yeah, no question yeah. about it. I do think Arizona takes a step back. I see Arizona as like one of those 10 and 17 teams again. Will that be good enough to get in the playoffs this year? Mm, don't know. Um, I think they're right on that nine, nine and eight, ten and seven type border uh, in terms of how their season turns out. You know, it, it, the NFC is wide open, man. Tom Brady has no offensive lineman in front of him. They all de- decimated by injuries. Yeah. Um, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers no longer has his security blanket in Devontae Adams. He's going to have to rely on a bunch of kids to catch passes for him. He's blasted these kids in training camp and he's sung their praises also. Mm-hmm. I've had a chance to see a couple of Green Bay's preseason games. They've got a couple of young receivers that can flat out go. Can he get them up to speed? But the problem is they've been dropping passes. The one kid they're really going to be counting on, that Christian Watson from uh, North Dakota State, he missed much of training camp because of a knee injury, a knee surgery back in June. You know, Minnesota, Minnesota has everything you want to win that division. If Minnesota wins that, if Minnesota wins that division, my brother will never be allowed on this show again. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, he is not coming on the show again. If he is. I'm taking a day off or right, taking I, that segment off. Well, let me hold on. Let me see when this the the first game is with these two. Right. Not going to happen because I I, I, I know that, that it's that the first day. game of the season. Oh God! All right, so yeah, it's the they play at fourth. That's at oh, that's at Minnesota. Man. At Minnesota, first game you, of the season. You might not. You might be a miserable little camper uh, yeah, that am. that next Monday, September twelfth. I don't have a good feeling for you there. I think the Vikings win that game there. He's already asked me several times. Hey, uh, if Minnesota wins, do I get to come back on the show? I've sent him in capital letters. No, you're not coming back on the show. No, it's not possible. No. Uh, let me see what that's really. I'm just curious what that spread is. Um, What's the early spread on it? Green Bay's minus one and a half. It's it's a tight line. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's a tight line. I mean, keep in mind, Minnesota's home, you know, yep. and so over under 48. Man. Uh, wow. I, yeah. Over I, under 48. Yeah. Wow. If we were still doing odds on Derek, I would yeah. probably lean. I hate to tell you towards the Vikings in that one. I grab the point and a half. I can I can't get mad at you. You know, yeah. when I'm looking at the two scenarios, although I think Green Bay's defense is going to be much improved, especially with the two first round draft picks they used to take two Georgia players on defense. Um, I, I can't disagree with you in that regard. Uh, Minnesota has the pass catchers. They've got the running game, offensive line, defense. They're front seven. I love their linebackers. Ooh. Jordan Hicks, Eric Hendricks. Mm-hmm. I love their linebacking situation. Um, but 
you know, I, I might have to bite that bullet, Rob. It'll be a solemn week for me. All right. All <laughs> right. So we come back. We will continue with the football talk. There's a lot of news, little, little odds and ends here and there. One team loses a major piece yeah. in the AFC. We'll discuss that. Also, we will dive into the ramifications of the Russell Wilson contract, what that means not only for him around the league, what it means for Lamar Jackson, what it could mean for Jalen Hurts as well sure. if he has a good year. So we'll dig into all that. Barrett should be back as well. We keep it rolling here on this Friday as we uh, we ease you in to Labor Day weekend. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services because Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So do you have any type of tree issues in your yard or your property? If you do, they're just a quick phone call away. They are experts at trimming all types of trees and serve southeastern PA, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, and tree pruning. Keep in mind, storm and hurricane season is upon us, all right? Now is a great time before it really starts to hit heavy to get your trees evaluated. Make sure, hey, this is good. This is not some, some dead branches that could fly off and damage the house or hurt somebody, et cetera. Go to their Facebook or Instagram for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call, 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Friday as we head into Labor Day weekend. The official close to the summertime, D-Gun, uh, which is hard to fathom. I know it's hard for you. I know you're pouring a 40 out and it's RIP time for the summer. I, I don't know, man. I kind of like, um, I'm with you. I love the summer. I love the warmth. I, 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 I went into, I was saying this to Xander when we were in the pre-show meeting. I'm sort of in like summer's already over mode as, as much as I shouldn't be that way. I've been that way for about two weeks. I've, I've just kind of moved on to, to kind of digging into the, to the fall and football season. I I hang on for as long as I can, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and you're, you're already starting to see it now. It's 80 something degrees during the day. Not quite as drop, hot. Yeah. yeah. It drops down into the sixties and even today's That's, beautiful where we live, like our area, yeah, yeah. The, the Philadelphia region. It's, it's gorgeous. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but, but then all of a sudden, you know, see when, when the weather starts, that's old man winter starting to whisper in your ear. I'm coming. I'm coming. Darker. I'm sooner, far off, like seven. Yeah. It's eight o'clock. It's getting darker. You're like, yeah, oh. man, you know, right. you think back in June, it was still light out at nine o'clock at night for a uh-huh. few days. You know, yep. now it's like 7.45, 7.35, 7.30. It's like, no, I can't get used to this uh, being dark again at 5 o'clock or 4. Oh, you know, when you get closer to Christmas, it's dark by 4.30. I know. That I, I can't That's depressing. Stand. I know. I'm with you. I'm see, with you, see, man. So, you know, as much as I love Christmas and the family and being with the family and stuff, it's like after January 1st, it starts to get a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter. Although it's cold, man, you got to you got to bob and weave through January and February. You know, um, there's a ray of hope. You know, March and April are just around the corner, man. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Know. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, a couple odds and ends NFL wise. Harold Landry of the Titans yeah, tears his ACL in practice yesterday, man. That's twelve sacks out the window, Derek. That is a monster loss for for a Tennessee team that really depends on that defense. You know, um, it's funny, but Tennessee, who prides itself in being a physical defense, you know he is. He last year was the first. He was the first defensive player to be double digits in sacks since Brian Arakpa back in 2015. That's hard. To, I I would find that hard to believe. That's, I'm shocked that's by that. unbelievable. Yeah, that uh, they they've had such a gap in terms of having a dominant rusher or a sack master with that team. But you're right, losing 12 sacks and he's been their best rusher. That's huge for that team, man. I mean, now they got a big deficit on offense and a big deficit on defense to overcome, you know, and you just don't find premier pass rushers sitting out there on the open market. So, yeah, you hate to see anybody get hurt like that, especially a premier edge rusher like this guy. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, you just cross your fingers, man, because 
every day, every week is somebody somewhere in this league that's getting hurt in practice. Season hasn't even started yet. And that's why I said, look, I, I feel bad for Andre Dillard as, as, a, as a person, right? Right. right. From, from, a, from a team perspective, the Eagles so far, you know, knock on wood, things yes, have worked sir. out pretty well for them. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if that can, uh, that can continue. Because, Gunner, let's face it, they, the Eagles were a really healthy team last year. It's hard to go two straight years without <sighs> massive losses. It is really hard. Think about um, what we had to go through the previous years. Oh, you know, yeah, certain, remember certain position. It was almost like Baltimore. Yeah. Remember Baltimore last year got killed at defensive back and running back and running back. Yep. Sometimes it's just the way it works. There's certain positions that just get hammered more than others do. Um, and the Eagles had that happen to them a couple of years ago for sure. Well, after the Super Bowl year, it was a, they were decimated with offensive linemen. They were bringing in guys off the street you never heard of before. Then the next year, it was the DBs, yep. and that was when Malcolm Jenkins stepped up and was coaching these guys, and it got to a point mid midway through the season when he said, I'm not coaching them anymore. It's time for these guys to grow up. Mm-hmm. And they played better. Yeah, you know, They played better. It was a rough season, but the young guys in the back end played better. Mm-hmm. You know, And so last year was, man, was that a breath, a breath of fresh air to see this team stay relatively healthy from start to finish. Yeah. Now, yeah. you're right. Now, you're right. And, 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 and you know, I'm going to remember this when you said this, but you're so, so accurate in saying it is so hard for a team to stay healthy two seasons in a row. So difficult for that to happen. Yeah. So keep your fingers crossed. Break out your saw and whatever you use. You know, um, you lucky rabbit's foot. <laughs> I'm doing the holy water man. right now. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I know. Listen, I hear you. So that's a, that's a big blow to a team that I already think is is kind of teetering to go a little bit down to uh, Tennessee. I don't have a great feeling about them uh, this year in general. So uh, the Giants. I mentioned this earlier, but. The timing of this was kind of weird. They released Blake Martinez, and right. I've always kind of liked him. I know he's bounced around a little bit. I know you you watched him a lot in Green Bay. You're not a huge fan. I like yeah. him, I guess, more than you do. But the timing, why didn't they just cut him before exactly. Tuesday? Exactly. I, from, what, from what I understand, it was a mutual decision uh, to let him go. I guess his his playing time had been reduced in training camp and, and, and – uh, you know, whoever the Giants would uh, practice against. Right. And he he saw the handwriting on the wall. The thing is now the Giants are going to go basically with an untested player in the middle of a defense that's already without their premier edge rusher in the first-round draft pick. So that that's, that's going to be interesting to see. But I've never been a real big fan of Blake Martinez. Number one, I always thought he missed too many tackles. And he would he would pile up all these tackles, making tackles down the field. That's not mm-hmm. what I want my for my inside linebacker to be. Yeah. Um, no. So – you know, to me, Blake Martinez was an average player. Uh, he served his purpose, and I'm sure he'll catch on with somebody else. He's not done yet. He'll serve a purpose somewhere else. But yeah, um, the Giants, you're right, Giants cutting him at this point, that shows a lack of respect for a veteran player who's had a decent career. Right. It's a you weird know. move. I, I don't yeah. – uh, yeah, for maybe it's a new front office kind of feeling their way a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll 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 see what happens uh, there. And it's so, going to hurt them monetarily now. You know? Oh, for sure it is. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah, you're right. It is. A, it's almost like a stick it to them kind of move. Yeah, man. Is, uh, it, it's a bad way to do business, even if you're you're having problems with a guy. Exactly. It's not a good good look. Dak Prescott is tired of all the yapping. He's basically saying, "Yeah, keep talking, doubters. We're going to prove you wrong." Like, like, what planet is he on? First of all, the way that that season ended last year, it was an embarrassment for the coach and for him with that play that was called that they thought that that was going to work, number one. Number two, you guys haven't done anything. Like, 
you have no look at the history here. Look at the history when Dak's been there. Where are these big playoff wins? What am I missing here where you're doing the, yeah, keep talking and, and make sure you're talking like this at the end of the year. Okay, dude, are you going to do something for once and then you could back it up? I, I don't understand this. This is typical cowboy crap that they that they end up doing. I, I can understand why he did it. He is the leader of that team. He is the face of that team. So he wants to get his guys focused. Hey, look. We've got a lot to prove, and by him saying it yesterday tells me that's been a big topic of conversation in that locker room, in that organization. Coaches talking to players, Jerry Jones talking to the coaches um, about we got to turn this thing around. But if I'm Dak Prescott, I think I would have chosen my words a little bit more carefully when Amari Cooper's not walking through that door. Tyron Smith is not walking through that door. Randy Gregory's not walking through that door. Okay, you guys lost more talent than you've added to this team. You haven't come close to adding a, a wealth of talent like the Eagles have to make a statement like that. I think Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are going to have to eat a lot of crow this year based on that statement alone. But then again, that's Dallas's problem, not ours. Right, but it's, it's typical of what they do. You know, they, yep. they shoot yep. off your mouth before you've accomplished anything. You know, it, it's just – it's so them. It is so them, that's yep. for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I actually will give him props for being honest with this one because most guys would have given you some politically correct answer. Like, right. Hey, I, you know, I always like being here. Jimmy Garoppolo was basically like, yeah, I'm as surprised as you guys are that I'm yeah. still here. Yeah. Like, and again, I don't think it's a bad move for the organization. I, you give yourself the ultimate insurance policy. And from his standpoint, he looks at it and says, I know this system. I know what this is. Um, I know I can step in there and have some success and, while still getting a pretty decent payday, mm-hmm. but um, I, does it was this a deal where where like San Francisco botched this? You think, Derek, or was it just almost impossible with his salary number and the injury to move him? I think I think uh, Jimmy and his agent miscalculated what the market might be. Um, I think teams were a little hesitant to take a quarterback coming back from a major shoulder injury to invest that kind of money, not knowing what you're going to get from him now. They could have restructured their uh, deal for him just like San Francisco did for him. Um, I just think the market was lukewarm at best for him. Mm-hmm. And maybe teams that were interested in him were teams that he wasn't willing to go through, go to. Was it, was it a team like Houston? Was it a team like Chicago? If I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo at this stage of my career when I've had a good measure of success, I'm not going to those teams. I don't want mm-hmm. to be in the rebuilding mode and get my brains beat out. And have that be my legacy to end my my career as an NFL player. I'll just stay where I am. I know the system. I know all the players around me. I know how the players around me feel about me. Um, and there's a good chance I may be playing sooner rather than later yep. for this team. Now he can still make up to, uh, up co- up close to 16 million if he gets all these incentives. Um, but I think Jimmy put himself in the best situation under the circumstances of what he's been through this offseason and maybe what the market really showed compared to what the, he thought him and his agent thought the market would be like for them. I'll tell you one more thing that's sort of interesting, and maybe I'm just digging way too deep into this, but I, I know he's starting to do some things at practice now, but he also knows he's probably not 100% at least at this point. Right. We know they're going to start the year with Trey Lance. Maybe this buys him a game or two or a couple weeks where he can get to be at least close to 100% with True. that arm. True. You know, whereas if he was traded somewhere else, it would be kind of like traded for this guy. You know, it's week one. Let's go. So I think it also, you know, in a weird way, buys him a little bit. 
it, hey, and if Trey Lance takes off, he takes off. Great, whatever. But if he doesn't, then you make the move in there. I think that's a possibility. That's that's a great thought as well. You know what? Um, anytime you're dealing with the shoulder, you know, the longer you can let it heal, the stronger it gets. You know, he's been throwing uh, for, for a while now. Maybe it's not where it's supposed to be. And you're right. He's got their parachute now in front of him in Trey Lance. Hey, let Trey Lance go out there. Let's see what he can do. And on top of that, if, you know, if, if Jimmy's sit, still sitting on the bench, Jimmy's going to be a free agent next year, you know. So he'll get a, he'll get a minimum $6.5 million for sitting on the bench and then can go go where he wants to go in 2023. Mm-hmm. But if, if Trey Lance gets hurt or if Trey Lance uh, falls by the wayside, Jimmy steps in, rallies the troops. Jimmy's going to get paid by the 49ers after this season. Agreed. I, I think there's w- one last aspect to it. He also knows he he's in an offense where you know Kyle Shanahan really is a good offense. I know he's no an question, but an no offensive question. mind. So I think he feels like if I'm going to maximize my bucks, I get my shot here. I'm in a system with a guy who knows what he's doing. You know, that's another way to make me look good if I'm going to get paid or end up going elsewhere or be attractive to other teams. That 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 49ers offense is built to make a quarterback look good. When you look at the the physicality of the offensive line, I think the most phys- physical tight end in the game today in Kittle, uh, the ultimate weapon in Debo Samuels, decent running backs. That team is tailor-made for a quarterback to have success. He doesn't have to put up gaudy numbers for this team to have success. That offense does a lot of motion, a lot of shifting uh, to get defenses off balance. Their defense is set with, mm-hmm. with talent across the board. Um, so – yeah, I think Jimmy's in a perfect situation he could be in compared to what he could have been in. Right, no doubt. All right, so let, let's dig into the Russell Wilson thing. Um, and I just saw he purchased a $20 million house in Ooh. the Denver area, which is the Ooh. highest purchase in that in that area for a single home house, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be living pretty large. Jeez. Um, so the top five salaries, so if you didn't see the deal um, – you know, Russell Wilson got got crazy, crazy good money. Now, it, it interestingly enough is only about half of what uh, Deshaun Watson got. Right. But he got five years, two hundred forty-five million, one sixty-five of its guaranteed. Yep. I think uh, what did Watson get? Like two thirty-two of it. I forget what it was. Two thirty-one, two thirty-two. So the way that the yearly salary breaks down, Aaron Rodgers makes fifty point two. Russell Wilson now makes 49, although he, they, they gained, believe it or not, Derek, they gained 7 million in cap space this year. Denver did by, by doing this deal. How weird this cap manipulation is. crazy. Uh, Kyler Murray is making 46. Deshaun Watson, 46. We know he suspended. Patrick Mahomes, 45. There's your top five, okay? Yep. So the offshoot of that is we've seen Watson's deal. We saw Rogers' deal get redone in the offseason. We've now seen Wilson get his deal done. Kyler Murray get his deal. You know, Mahomes signed it a couple of years back, so that, that one's not new or anything. But the question I have for you is, you still have Lamar Jackson sitting there who, who has not, you know, re-upped in Baltimore. We also know that that's a unique situation where he doesn't have a traditional agent, which may affect things. Right, right. Step further – out of let's start with Lamar, then I want to tie it into to, uh, to Jalen Hurts. So, in your estimation, as we sit here, we're now nine days away from the season starting for Baltimore. Does he have a deal in place by the time they play their game next week? 
Well, we've seen rapid deals happen. Um, I think the market, I think with, with Murray getting his money, Baltimore knows what it has to do to get it done. I'm going to lean on the side of they get a deal done before they kick off the season next week. Hmm. We've seen it happen before with quarterbacks, you know, who have said, if we don't get this done, I'm not going to talk about it until the end of the year. All of a sudden, boom, two days later, he's got a deal done. I think Baltimore wants Lamar Jackson there. He's an electric player. Uh, he's a fan favorite. Um, Baltimore is going to have to find a way to make the room and get very creative in terms of making a room to get him that money. Uh, if nothing else, give him an extension away. Russell Wilson got Russell Wilson's now tied to the Broncos for the next seven years. Yep. You know, make it an extension, give him X amount of money up front. And the big money doesn't kick in until next year to help you with the caps, but give you some cap relief. Mm-hmm. But I think they, they get the deal done, you know, one way, one way or the other, they come to a meeting of the minds and they finalize a deal. I just find it hard to believe such a good organization. And I, I, I have the utmost respect for that organization and a guy like John Harbaugh. Right. They don't, they don't want this. Like, they don't want this aggravation. I, I know even if Lamar shoots it down and says, well, I'm not talking about it. You, it's always going to be brought up regardless. And there's that risk factor, man, yeah. of, of, of him getting hurt. So I, I agree with you. I think we're going to hear it this weekend, Derek. I yeah. think it'll come down this weekend. Mm. So that said, let's assume Jalen Hurts has a really good year. Maybe not a Pro Bowl type mm-hmm. of year, but the kind of year where the Eagles realize, okay, he is that guy going forward for, for this team. What's he looking at money-wise? I know he's got one more year left on the deal after this, but what what would what would that extension look like? I, I find it hard to believe that that Jalen Hurts would be in the same category as a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. But because of what Arizona did, that opens the floodgate now for quarterbacks in terms of the volume of money get, they get. So I would say Jalen could probably get $40 million a year. After, out of after a season, you know, where it's not a great season, but a good season. But as I said yesterday on the show to you and Barrett, I could also see Howie Roseman strong arming him and having him play 2023 under the final year of his rookie deal right. because he, he wants to use that cap space to shore up something else next offseason, already taking into consideration who they may not have after this season. So I could see, I could see them strong arming Jalen. Now, will Jalen pull the I'm not reporting the camp stuff until I get a deal. I don't think he's that kind of player, to be honest no. with you. I think he'll come back and say, okay, you know what? It is what it is. I'm just going to play it out and bank on me. I'm going to be my own marketing guy, my best promoter. And the best way I can market myself is going out there and playing lights out and increasing the numbers even more so after the 2023 season. Yeah, but I'm with I, you. Yeah. You know what I hope, Derek? I hope again, we're getting we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, admittedly. But knowing what a pro and how and how that Jalen handles himself, I hope it's not used against them. Like we, right, we right. know we can kind of string this right. guy along because he's going to show up and he cares about the team and you know all this. Like that to me would be. I don't think the Eagles would do that. I'm just saying. I, I don't want to see right. that held right. against him. Um, you know, for the most part. But that is, you go from, that's why we've talked about it. This is such a swing year for him career-wise. Yep. He's either not going to be here in, in, in 23 or he's backing up maybe in 2023. Uh, or, man, he is in that top seven conversation or top eight conversation mm. with salary with any NFL quarterback mm. for the long term. 
And if you're him, man, you're set up so pretty with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and this yep. offensive line and, got and everything else. Oh, my God. It is such an ideal situation for any quarterback to step into, man, in a big way. There's no excuse for you to fail. No excuse. No, you know, I, I don't care about the deep ball arm strength. I, you know, I don't care um, um, about you putting up gaudy numbers. You can put up decent numbers and still get a big contract. I mean, think about it. I mean, you look at look at Kyler Murray's numbers overall. Kyler Murray's numbers weren't that lights out. Mm-hmm. They were decent numbers. Yeah. But he made a lot of mistakes with the football. Um, if Jalen Hurts minimizes his mistakes, shows the steady improvement that, he, that we're hoping he shows, Jalen Hurts is going to be financially set after the – well, let me say this, potentially right. financially set because there's still a little piece of me knowing what I know about Howie. Would Howie strong arm him and make him play out that rookie contract? You know, still a small – there's a small birdie on my shoulder saying, hey, don't get too far ahead of yourself. We're yeah. talking about Howie here, you know. Well, right. And, and you, yeah, he, you feel like whenever anybody's playing – checkers he's playing chess like there's, yeah. he's at least like thinking like 10 steps yeah. ahead yep I, I look i think that they they did exactly what they should have done this offseason they gave him every every weapon look get, putting every weapon in front of him gives you the chance to either win games number one and also see what jalen hurts is all about last year you could make a case that he didn't have enough weapons you can't make that case now they so that, put, that's what i like at least yeah. it's, it's all in front of us now they they put him in a position where they can get a thorough evaluation of what he is or is not as an NFL player, more importantly, as a quarterback to the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best line in the game. Nice trio of running backs, upgraded wide receiver, one of the best tight ends in the game today. What else could you ask for? Not many teams have that kind of luxury. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, Jalen, take the ball. It's your ball, your backyard. Go out and play your game the way you were meant to play your game. And if you play the game the way we hope you play the game, we're, we're going to take care of you. I mean, let's face it. You know, when it comes when it comes to finances, the Eagles are not considered a cheap team. Howie Roseman pays to get players, mm-hmm. pays to keep players. He's very good at identifying players. They want to keep long-term and getting them locked to, to, bear, to deals uh, even before seasons are over. With Jalen Hurts, I think it'll take a little bit longer. I think they want that full 17-game evaluation of a Jalen Hurts, sit behind closed doors, discuss the pros and cons of moving forward with him, and then making a franchise decision on him. And that's okay because he can handle it. There are other guys no that, that I don't think – and look, I, being honest with you, I, I, Jalen hasn't earned the right to say, hey, well, why are we even going into this year? Let's extend him right now. No, yep, he hasn't. Yep. But I also don't think that he is – going to be messed up by this. I just don't. I think he's too locked in. He is way too focused for this yeah, to be. Yeah. I, I hope it pans out for him. Get, yeah, gets a, uh, a lot of stuff off his back. Yeah, no question about it. You know, and 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 think about it. Everything, for the most part, I mean, they have decisions to make with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave on the defensive side, but at least they've drafted guys who appear to be maybe heir apparents to them. Yep. That's the one spot, big spot, where there's – still some uncertainty there. Like you're going to have to see, figure out the other cornerback spot. You're, you're not young necessarily there, but right. you can figure that out. And if you don't have to use those picks on a quarterback, you could draft a corner. No you question know, about it. You could draft. Um, I don't know. Maybe you feel like you need an air parent. At, could at be the, another linebacker. Although they don't draft another linebacker. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't draft linebackers in the first round, but could be a linebacker. Who knows? Right. Um, and, and you feel like you already have the Kelsey replacement in house. Yep. Maybe you start looking at Lane Johnson's replacement. If you, Absolutely. If you don't love one of these guys enough. So absolutely. 
believe me, like, like people are like, Eagles are hoping he's going to fail. No, they're not. They absolutely aren't. What they've done is they've assured themselves that they have a, they have some wiggle room out of this. Right. If Jalen Hurts doesn't necessarily work because there's so many other areas that you could address, even though they aren't necessarily obvious right now, but there's a lot of other areas, you know, that they could address, which I think is, is, you know, that, that's what a good organization does. They're always kind of staying ahead of the curve a little bit. Right. Um, and that's, the Eagles gotten back into that. I think for a couple of years there, like it wasn't all that long ago. This looked doomed. I mean, it was just Doug's last yeah. year, two years ago. Yeah. And Wentz was a mess. And your receiving core was like old with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, and Travis Fulgham. By the way, the Packers just signed him back to their practice. Yeah, court. I saw that. What a weird trip it's been for him. What a long, strange trip. Oh, it's a short, strange trip, actually. You talk about the proverbial roller coaster. People jumped on board with him here in Philadelphia over about like a six, seven game stretch. All of a sudden, he disappeared. I know. He's like, you didn't hear from him again. It wasn't that he was hurt. You just didn't hear from him anymore. You know, and you thought, hey, man, this Eagles have found a diamond in a rough. This kid has potential. And he was a no show. Now he's been jumping around from team to team. Um, can he bounce back? Well, Derek, it, be it wasn't even just a slight, hey, he's cemented himself as like a fourth receiver. Like yep. he just disappeared. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it completely fell off the map, man. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, if he's able to, to carve out a career, you know, he, he, he looked, he looked like a guy with a lot of potential size, all that good stuff uh, mm-hmm. for a little bit. All right, let's take a timeout. Uh, we are going to step away and we will come back. We'll dig a little bit into Serena and Venus, a little bit more into co- some college football. Uh, give you an update on a couple things uh, baseball-wise because the Phillies are back in action tonight. We'll do that as well. Got some good birthdays. We do. And I have an on-this-date for you that, that I think you will enjoy. It ties into movies, actually. So we'll do that as well when we get back. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We think Barrett's going to be back at some point. We'll see. Uh, we are Sports Take Jacob Sports Network. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. He's trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Back on this Friday, final segment of the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, D-Gun, Rob Ellis, Barrett, parts unknown, as they used to say in, in wrestling. Who knows? Uh, you know, That's the beauty of Barrett. You never quite know. That, that's uh, I think that's one of the greatest things about him. He, he always keeps you guessing, man. Well, luckily, we don't have to deal with it as much as his wife does, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right, so a couple things, Derek. Uh, Phillies are or, in San Francisco. Or, or as Barrett would say, ah, da, da. Ah, da, da. <laughs> uh, Phillies are in San Francisco taking on the Giants tonight. Three games set over the weekend. Uh, had an off day yesterday, a, a much needed one, uh, to get a little re- recharged heading into the series. They still hold the uh, the second wild card spot, they're up a half game yep. in that second wild card spot. So the uh, the pitching matchups or the guys that the Phillies will be sending to them. By the way, San Francisco's having a, a down year yeah, uh, under Gabe Kapler. But you have Kyle Gibson tonight, Noah Syndergaard tomorrow, and then Ranger Suarez on Sunday against the Giants. So the Giants come in, and like I said, you know, the, they, when Kapler first went there, you know, a few years back, he he really started off strong. This has been a down year. They're sixty-one and sixty-eight. Uh, right now, they've lost seven in a row, Derek. Eight of their last ten. So you're catching them. You're depending on you look last at it. Thirteen. Yeah, you're either catching them at a really good time where they're just in a downfall, or they're due to bounce back. Either way, but the Phillies need to win regardless. They lost two out of three to Arizona. Well, I was going to say I don't take anything for granted when you consider what we just saw in that Arizona series. Hmm. What a what a strange series that was. And San Francisco can hit a little bit. Plus, they're playing in their backyard. Um, the Phillies need at least two out of three in this series. You've got to have two out of three. This is going to be – I think it's going to be back and forth with them in San Diego for that number two play uh, wild card spot all yep. the way to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either one is going to separate themselves uh, from the other. Um, and I don't believe they play each other again this season, do they? No, that's it. I don't think the Giants, not. you're saying? Yeah, that's it. With no, the no, no, no. I meant the, um, the 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 Phillies and the Padres. They're done with them too. They're, yes. Okay. Yep. So you know, I mean, it, it, man, it's, it, I love this time of year, man. I love this time of year of baseball when it starts to really heat up, and you know, the contenders separate themselves from the pretenders. Um, 
But they yeah, have September to go is plan. September's a different ball game, man. Yeah, it's, you, yeah. you got you are you it's you, you do. There's a big separation point. I agree with you. This is this is where teams fade who don't have it, and other teams who who have it. And the Phillies have, have to prove that they have it because they fade it in previous Septembers. At, you know, Aaron Nola is not the only one. The entire team has. So yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I don't want to see. I hate to say I don't want to see Aaron Nola Nola start that that September uh, swoon again like he's done in the past. What, what did you bring up? He was like nine and fourteen over the last couple of years in September, something like that. Yeah, nine. and and I th- I want to say eight of his last ten starts have not been quality starts. Yeah, that's not so, good. No, not good. But he's had a really good season, and this is look. Show us all you. Th- that's not the case. Prove us wrong. You know that that's where things are. They need him. If they look, if Aaron Nola collapses, they may not even make the playoffs. Yeah. Let alone getting bounced in the first oh, round. Oh man! And yeah. then of course yeah, the health factor. Now we're still waiting to find out more about Falter. Yeah, we're, you know? we're waiting to hear about Falter. Waiting to hear about Wheeler. Waiting to hear about Sir Anthony. Uh, I believe Wheeler's scheduled to throw a bullpen today. Right. Uh, obviously, they're on the West Coast, so it's a little bit different time wise. But we might have an idea of kind of where things are at. And he uh, could be back by what Tuesday? Yeah, that's the hope. The hope is they get him back Tuesday, um, which will buy. Believe it or not, Nola's going to have two extra days rest the next time he pitches, if that's the case. Jeez. So if they can plug Wheeler in Tuesday, Nola would go Wednesday because the Phillies are off to yesterday and they're also off Monday. Wow. So you're buying him a little bit of extra time there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the uh, the Phillies uh, this weekend. How about this trade in the NBA yesterday, man? Donovan Mitchell oh. goes from the Jazz to the Cavaliers. This is a blockbuster. So the, the Cavaliers are sending uh, Laurie Marketing, the, the the big who can also stretch out. Uh, Ochi uh, Abahi, who, who has played at uh, Kansas, a good player, four-year player at Kansas. Colin Sexton, who's a really nice player too. Three unprotected first-round picks, 25, 27, and 29. Two pick swaps in 26, 28 for Mitchell. And then uh, Sexton agreed to a four-year, $72 million extension with the Jazz. But Derek, that's a monster move. I mean, you add Mitchell to Darius Garland, who's a beast, yep. to uh, yep. Jared Allen, to uh, – um, uh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, 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 Bose, uh, Mobley, the big, uh, who was a USC product, who had an excellent year last year. Like, this team is stacked, man. Cleveland is in the discussion now with the best teams in the East. But 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 the funny thing is nobody was talking about Cleveland as possibly being a trade partner nope. uh, with Utah for, for Donovan Mitchell. All of a sudden, the Knicks stepped away from the table when the two um, two sides couldn't come to a meeting of a mind. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Cleveland. Yeah. You know, and you're right. That team's loaded now, man. You, you've got to consider them one of these teams to watch out for uh, in the East this year. And then you look at Utah's situation, and basically what they're doing—they're basically gutting that team. Yeah, you said Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. Yeah, they have an you incredible know. amount of draft picks. Dude, correct. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make sure I'm seeing this right, and I want to see if you saw the same thing. Utah has 13 unprotected or lightly protected first-round picks through 2029. Right. Yeah, I mean that they're includes- not going. They'll use them in trades. Yeah, they're not going to use all of them, but you're 13 right. 13 first-round picks? Yeah. Ainge is in straight tank mode. Like, make no mistake what this season's going to be for the Jazz. You know, they're 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 chipping away. They're building some pieces, right? But they're 
they're all about having these assets to either be able to use them for a draft pick or to trade them away in, in some kind of deal. Well, think about it. Utah's been in the playoffs the last six years. The last four years consecutively, they have bowed out in the first round when they've put up one of the better records in the NBA. Yes. I can, I can understand Danny A saying, you know what? We've gone as far as we can go with this Same. group. So yeah. let's let's start from bottom and build it up again. And with the with the assets they have, yep. it's not going to take long for them to build this thing up again. No. And the way they view it, and, and first of all, I don't think that's it's necessarily the wrong thing. I wasn't ripping them for tanking. Right, I'm just right, pointing right. it out. Right. So what what they view it as, all right, Golden State in two or three years, they're going to be older, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Clippers, who knows, you know, if, if Kawhi and Paul George can hold exactly. up and what that looks like. LeBron exactly. is going to be in his 40s at that Jeez. point, right? You know, Phoenix could still be good, but Chris Paul is, you know, pushing 40 now. So they're viewing this thing as – you know, Our maybe chances Luka, are better. Yeah, the only help Luca had – Luca doesn't have a lot of help with the Mavs either. No, so they're no. viewing this as, you know, eventually – I should throw Denver in there too – but, you know, we're going to be hitting our stride, making our picks and whatever players we trade for while these other teams are coming down. And yeah. that's the way that they view it. And that's yeah. smart. It's, it's not dumb because they can't get past these teams right no, now. No, they can't. They can't. You know, they've and they've had they've had good records. I mean, yeah. outstanding records. But for whatever reason, when they get to the playoffs, phew, done. And I, so- I think you Derek, you have to no matter what league you're playing in, you have to come to that conclusion at some point. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're, we're decent. We're a playoff team. We might be a 50-win team, but can we really get past these teams? And look, I, I think the Sixers are going to have a really hard decision to make after this year if it doesn't work out, if they get bounced in the second round again, you know, uh, because they're not getting any younger. Are you thinking of moving Embiid? No, I'm not saying that. What, what I'm saying is, well, I, I think anything's on the table, but I, I think that when you have Embiid, who is an older, in my opinion, an older late 20s guy just because of all the injuries he's had, and Harden and uh, P.J. Tucker and Tobias Harris, other than Maxi, you're now a pretty old team. That's true. It is so true. So you're in a – you are definitely in, like, win-now mode for sure. Well, looking at the Sixers roster, I don't know if, if they're really a team that can go deep into the playoffs, to be honest with you. Um, I think they have a, a, a nice nucleus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be there as one of the eight teams in the playoffs. Right. But I don't know if they're good enough to get a beyond the second round again, based on looking either. at their roster right now. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm with you. And I think that, yes, you hope Harden's in shape. Yes. Uh, I think P.J. Tucker's a nice fit with these guys because he knows how to play with them. He knows how to play with, with yeah. Harden. Yeah. I think it'll be perfect for Embiid. He doesn't need the ball in his hands and all that. They have to hope that Tobias Harris plays the way that he played a lot of last year mm-hmm. where he really took a step up, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a big way. And I think the other thing they're backing on, and, and they should be, is that Maxi just keeps getting better. And I and I have no reason to believe otherwise. I, all he's shown you is he's just he just gets better. So that's what you're backing on. And I think the East, you know, Boston not getting Durant. Right. You know, I, I think it's it's possible. I, I would say that they're probably in my rankings – Still behind Boston and Milwaukee, and I think it's a toss-up with the Heat if everybody's healthy. Okay, um, I still think Boston is the team to beat in the East. Um, did the Sixers close the gap on Boston? I don't think so. I don't think they're they're far behind Milwaukee or Miami for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're right; they could be neck and neck with Miami. You know, 
But I just I'm not I'm not comfortable with the Sixers bench as I look at it right now. I think it's an okay bench. I, I don't think they have enough depth on that bench uh, to go a long ways this season. Uh, I'm ho- I hope I'm wrong in a lot of ways, but I thought I was anticipating the Sixers doing more mm. this offseason to make the product that much better, and they did a, they did a little, but. I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I mean, I just, I just think when I look at the Sixers team, I'm you were thinking, hoping for a bigger. Spot. That's it. That's yeah. it. You know. Yeah. Um, and it, and and I don't think there's a wow factor. Now, obviously, you don't have to have an All Star lineup to be successful in this game. But when you look at the teams we're comparing them to in the East, and now you have to throw Cleveland in the mix. You know, are the Sixers equal to those teams? It's a huge question. Yeah, I, I think that. Like I'm with you, Derek. Like a lot of their fate hinges on art right yeah i agree you know they want to tell you he wants to tell you he's skinny james and all this stuff now okay uh, all right if he is and he looks like houston harden then all bets are off if he looks like the guy we saw last year in the playoffs yeah it ain't happening no no, you know i think that part's pretty clear yeah all right so a couple little uh, other odds and ends Paige becker's the great player for connecticut who blew out her knee yeah uh off-season workouts she after this season, she would have been eligible to go to the WNBA the way right. that it works. But she wants to come back and play. She doesn't want to yep. leave Connecticut this way. Good for her. So I think that's uh, she'll play in the 23-24 season. She'll be out this entire season. Mm. Uh, Spencer Strider, the starting pitcher rookie for the the Braves, had 16 Ooh. strikeouts against the Rockies in eight innings. It was a three nothing <sighs> shutout of Colorado. This dude's a, a beast. He's Man, nasty, dude. You talk about. One of the young up and coming stars in the game. My goodness, everything. His fastball is hard. His breaking pitches are hard. He's always around the plate. He has such good control of his pitches. And how old is he? He's still a babe. It's a kid. Yeah. It's just, just a kid. Man, I, I love watching him pitch. I don't get to see him pitch much, but you know, every now and then a game will pop up on MLB or, you know, if you have access to uh, Masson, um, um, or one of those networks, yeah, yeah. you might get Do, to see him play. Watch you out of town, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, but I love watching him pitch, man. Wow, absolutely, yeah. He is. Uh, Atlanta just knows how to find him and and draft him and cultivate him, man. And then, dude, they, their farm system has been sick for twenty years. Really is. It really is amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, all right, so let's dig into a couple birthdays and then we'll sort of recap everything, all the big stories of the day. First off, shout yeah. out to Merrill Reese. Yeah, did you know it was Merrill's birthday today. Yes, so- I did. Happy birthday, yeah, Merrill. Man. Uh, do we know? I don't know what the number is. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to dig into that too hard. I would say close to eighty, but I, I would mean, say upper seventies is fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, he's doing what? This is what did he tell us? This is his forty second. Is it forty yes. fourth or forty second season? No, no. He started. In se- I think it's his forty fourth. Forty fourth. Forty fourth. Okay. Forty yeah. fourth. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That is Woo! amazing. Um. So happy birthday, Merrill. Um. Jimmy Connors, the great tennis star of, of yesteryear, 70 years young. That's unbelievable. For Jimmy Connors. Yeah, incredible, right? Um, he was – I said this to you guys yesterday. You know, It feels like Serena's run here reminds me of him in the early 90s when he uh, he just got caught fire and he was just feeding off the crowd in New York. And, you know, it kind of feels like that uh, for him. What a great era of tennis. John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. Yeah. 
I don't know if we'll ever see another era like that again. No, nah, it, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed those days, man, for sure. Hey, it just stay on that for a minute. So uh, Serena and Venus played doubles last night, and they lost. Uh, it was, you know, it, it looked to me, I didn't, I was watching college football, so I was not locked in on it by any stretch, but the, right. the, the uh, highlights that I saw, you, you got to wonder, like, Serena played the night before, man. Like, no. not only physically, but how emotional that is. Like, she mm. had to be drained. You're asking a lot. Yeah, tennis is grueling in the lower lower body extremities, man. You're right. I don't know if she's going to do that and then get back on the horse to play another singles match as well. You know, that was the first time she and her sister had played together in doubles since 2018, I believe it was. Yeah, yep. Um, but, man, back in their heyday, they won, what, three Olympic gold medals, I believe mm-hmm. it was, uh, playing as a duo. Um, yeah, it's another part of this swan song, you know. Absolutely. Going out in a blaze of glory. You know, you got yep. to see the sisters together one final time. Wish it had gone a little bit longer, but yeah, unfortunately it didn't happen. No, I mean, the, look, the, yeah, nothing against Venus, but you want Serena's the show. And you want yep, to see her absolutely. Keep, it, keep it rolling here yep. as we go into the uh, third round there at the U.S. Open. All right, so other birthdays. I threw this one in there because I thought Barrett was going to be with us. Tommy Maddox, his old teammate with the Steelers is 51. Jeez. Yeah, for what that's worth. Uh, Brian Westbrook, friend of the show. Yeah. 43 years young. Happy I just birthday, told him happy birthday this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Very and he's cool. got a new gig. Yeah. How about that? The huh? XFL. Good for him, man. Yeah. Good for, good for Brian. All right. Some of the uh, bigger names. Keanu Reeves, 58 oh. years old. What a career he's carved out. Oh, from the replacements to John Wick. Yeah. How about that? Think about that. Yeah. John Wick is coming out March 23rd of next year. I can't wait to see John Wick 4. Yeah, I was going to say that's oh, four I can't now. Yeah. To see it. And they're talking about a possible Wick 5. Now, for him to be doing all those – now, I don't know if he's doing those stunts or not, but for him to be doing that stuff at 58, that's incredible. Well, here's what you hear about him, and seriously. Like, he he is supposed to be one of the most genuinely good dudes. Like, yeah. help, like literally helping people out on the subway. Like, not doing it in front of the camera and, and right. other people sharing these stories, but supposed to be just a really down-to-earth good guy. Uh, Keanu Reeves. So you'd yeah, like to he, see that kind of guy have success. He's given away millions yeah. to different charities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I can't remember the movie, but one movie he was making in excess of twenty million, he gave the entire twenty million away uh, to a charity. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, I'll give you two, but I'm not giving you twenty. <laughs> twenty million. You know what? But you're right. It goes to what you're saying about him being just a genuinely good guy, yeah. not materialistic. You know. Uh, he's obviously got enough money. You give it away twenty million. You obviously have enough money in your life. Well, he also appreciates consider. what he's got too. Yeah, he, he strikes yeah. you as that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So happy for him. Anyway, Selma Hayek, I think one of our favorites. Uh, Fifty six. Oh, yeah. Selma's still uh, still doing her thing. I thought she was much taller. I didn't know she was only five two. Yeah, she she appears like five seven. She's a lot taller. Yeah, yeah, but she's yeah. Still, at 56 years old, man. Still Ooh. a good-looking lady, man. Amen. Uh, the, her, the, uh, do, do you ever see her, her scene in, from Dust to Dawn? Oh, yes. Yes. I ain't saying, I'm not saying anything. I, I, I'm, I'm not either, and I agree with you. All right, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Did you see that movie? It's a very good movie. It's a pretty was, good that movie. Was, uh, was, that was, we had that as one of our uh, movies the, a few weeks yes. ago. As yes. Released. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's a great one. And Desperado. Excellent. With uh, Antonio Banderas? That was prime. That was prime, man. Yes. Why, uh-huh. why was it prime, Rob? You know what I'm saying. Yes. I don't know anything, dude. I don't know yes, what you're talking do. about. I don't know. Uh, Mark Harmon, 71. You want a fun fact about uh, – two fun facts about Mark Harmon? What? He played quarterback at UCLA. 
Yep. He was the starting okay. quarterback for two years at UCLA in the early 70s before he got into acting. And his dad, Tom Harmon, won the Heisman. That's Michigan. right. That's right. Yeah. I got another one for you. Okay. He, he spent two years at a junior college playing football. Okay. He had a chance, he had a chance to go to a lot of big-time football programs. One of them was Oklahoma. Oklahoma had just come off a season where they finished ranked number two in the country. So it was down to UCLA and Oklahoma. Now, UCLA was like 3-6-1 and one that season. Um, he decides to go to UCLA instead of Oklahoma. Wow. Quarterback, yeah. So, but as it turned out. It you know, turned he, out all right for him. Yeah, I mean, NCIS, I mean, he's more known for that than, he, I think, any movie he ever made. I'll give you a funny, goofy, whatever. Summer School is a funny movie from Mark Harmon. He plays a teacher with, like, a bunch of goofballs yep. in his yep. class. Pretty funny movie. Uh, all right, so Terry Bradshaw, the great Terry Bradshaw. Yes, indeed. 74 years old, you know, a, a goat uh, in his own right. I can't believe the broadcasting career he's carved out. I mean, you know, he's, he's been with Fox since 94. Yeah, he was with CBS before that when he first Jeez. retired. And he's been at Fox forever now. And they, you know, they sort of just found the right role for him as kind of a goofball, you know, almost like a crazy uncle kind of, yeah. kind of yeah, role yeah. for him. I like that. A crazy uncle. I yeah, like which that. works. You know, it works for him in, in his own uh, way. Howie and those guys know to have fun with him. You know, how, how, to, how to dig him a little bit. Man. Uh, Cat Williams, the comedian. Oh, yeah. My man is uh, – he, he dances on the line of crazy a little bit, Cat, uh, but he's 51 years old. Dude, you see his arrest record, how many times he's been arrested in his life? Good he, night. He's out there, man. He is out there. Yeah, Cat. But funny. Uh, funny dude. He is. He's just a, just you look. He's one of those guys you look at and you laugh and you're smiling as soon as you see him. The whole Dude, look at the hair, the his straight role, hair. His role in Friday After Next yes. as the as the pimp Money Mike. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Perfect man. role for him. Oh my great. goodness. Yeah, he was great in that. Uh, Billy Preston, the the great musician who passed oh, yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, a little while ago, born in 1946. Billy Preston worked with the Beatles a lot in his early days and then had a great solo career uh, of his own. Uh, Brandon Ingram, the uh, yep. New, Orleans New Orleans Pelican, Pelican. Yep. 25 years old. Eric Dickerson, the great Eric Dickerson, who yes, rushed indeed. for over 2,000 yards in the season. Pony Express and SMU. Pony Express with uh, with Craig James That's you know, right. back in the day. Craig James' brother played for the Phillies, Chris James. Did you know that? A, a, I did not a know that. a mediocre outfielder. I did not know that. We always wow. get the wrong brother, Derek. You know that. <laughs> Lennox Lewis, 57 years old. Lennox Lewis, I uh, three time heavyweight, heavyweight champ. champ, yeah. The Morris twins, Markeith and Morris Morris, yeah. guys who you would not mess with if, if things got a little sideways. Yep, are thirty three years old. You believe they're thirty three already? Jeez, they've been around a long time, man. We're getting I know. up there, Rob. We're getting up there. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, he's thirty three. You got any other birthdays? I have it on this day for you. If you, if you ah, know. I got one more. Harvey Levin, who uh, founded TMZ. Oh, yeah. Okay. Today's his birthday as well. Uh, he was, you know, he was a lawyer also. He's a legal analyst for TV stations out in Los Angeles, KCBS, KCAL, I believe it was. Okay. Then he became a celebrity reporter, and then he founded TMZ, which is like breaking news like every other month. Yeah, they they actually really do break stuff, and they break a lot of sports stuff too. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how they're doing it, but they do. I know. Yeah, it's it's uh, new, no joke. No joke. Ernie Shavers passed away. A A Warriors rage mm. uh, uh, passes that along too. He was a yeah you know, a great boxer back in his time uh, for sure. So Ernie Shavers. All right, on this date, uh, nineteen eighty eight, eight men out. 
the movie about Shoeless Joe Jackson and the gambling yep. scandal, the 1919 yep. Black Sox, uh, Charlie Sheen, John Cusack, among others. Really good, really good sports movie in general. Excellent movie. Eight men out. Yeah. I don't One think it gets a lot of credit for what it was. No, I think you know, everybody talks about the natural or Bull Durham or uh, Field of Dreams, and Eight Men Out kind of gets thrown on the back burner with that. But and it was it, it all they all came out in like that 86, 87, 88, 89. Uh, sort of range. A lot of good baseball movies produced during that time. Uh, that's for sure. So circling back to kind of the, the big stories here, uh, Eagles practicing today. I, I Do they practice this week? I, I don't know. I even have the schedule. It, it, I don't know if they practice this weekend. Let me see. Um, so pull it up but yeah, gearing up for the Detroit Lions coming up uh, next Sunday, a week from Sunday. And as I mentioned off the top of the show, and from now until about mid-February, this is the last weekend without any kind of NFL activity um, in, in general. So the Eagles practice, then they, they're, they're getting in gear. Uh, they're already prepping for the Lions, but they're in full-blown mm -hmm. week of uh, prep mode. We do have a game on Thursday, cool. which, is, uh, which is a good one, uh, which is very exciting. It is Buffalo at the Rams on Thursday night. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, that's for sure. So uh, beyond that, as I mentioned, the, the Phillies are in uh, San Francisco taking on the Giants. Then they come back home after that as they really get into the stretch run here in September. And it's been it's been a while. Like other years, the Phillies were in it a little bit, and then they collapsed in pretty early September. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had the, the uh, Phillies' real legitimate playoff run coincide with the Eagles starting back up. So that'll be – that should be a lot of fun. Uh, as far as this weekend with college football, the real biggie, I think, is Saturday night. Ohio State, Notre Dame is, mm. is going to be the killer. That's in the uh, the big horseshoe, Derek, as they say. You uh, you think that game is bigger than, who is it, Oregon and Georgia? Is that, is that who it is? I think it's bigger than Oregon and Georgia. I, I, I am excited Ooh. for Oregon and Georgia, but I think it is bigger. Yeah, Notre Dame and Ohio State? Let's see. Yeah. Oregon's number 11. Georgia's number 3. Ohio State is where are they here? Ohio State, come on, come on, come on, come on. Ohio State number two, Michigan, Notre Dame five. Oh, okay, yeah, I'd say that has a little bit more oomph. Yeah, yeah, we got a couple of ranked matchups. Uh, what was the other one? That that's a good. So Oregon, Georgia, Oregon's eleven, Georgia's three. That's not a bad one. Cincinnati, Arkansas is a twenty-three yep. and nineteen. You know, 19, two top twenty-five. Yep. You know, whatever. This time of year, you're going to get a lot of just. The only other game that might be kind of interesting, Utah's number seven against Florida. That'd be one to keep your eye yeah. on. You mean uh, you're not you're not enthralled with Miami taking on Bethune Cookman? Uh no, no, that one's not really <laughs> not really moving the needle. You know, I will I will watch on Monday though Clemson because I want to see how Trotter's kid does. Trotter's kid yeah, is, I, I believe I starting uh, Jeremiah Junior or the third. I'm not whatever. It's a young Jeremiah. He's a sophomore down there now, right? He's a sophomore. And Josiah yeah. is playing for St. Joe's Prep, who's committed to West Virginia, who's a senior yep. now. So mm -hmm. that's the uh the Trotter clan. All right. That was fun, man. I want to thank Xander Krause for producing the program. I want to thank everybody in the chat section. You guys are the best. You guys are we haven't heard from best. Xander the whole show. What what's up? We wish you uh that's, that's a good thing, right? It's did he start thing. did he start his holiday weekend early and we didn't I, know about it? I think it? so. I think he's already gone, man. He's, he ditched he's us. out. I know uh, everybody in the chat section and everybody listening and streaming. Listen, have a great weekend. Be safe. We appreciate you guys. We're back on Tuesday at yeah. 12 o'clock for three hours of power. So don't go anywhere. We have the national football show with Dan Cilio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.